Ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing? Welcome to another fine edition of the world's best podcast as it pertains to video games. Of course, we're talking about weekly games chat. This is episode number 389. And not only can you hear this podcast, you know, from your favorite podcast, you know, source, you can also see it recorded live every Tuesday uh, on twitch.tv. You can just search for weekly game chat and see us. John is dying. My name is Sean. Let's get that out of the way so we can tend to the ailing John who uh, decided he was going to just swallow some rocks right before I introduced him. It's fine. Everything's fine. But yeah, we're all here today. We're glad you're here. Uh, and John, I was just talking about you dying. So why don't you say hello? Hello, video game world. I like Punkhead a lot, but he could be a bit of a douche. A douche kadoosh. Uh <laughs> Who's Punkhead, you might ask? Well, he is in chat currently uh, talking about John's button-up shirt and the lack of button-uppage. He's just jealous right. of my extremely pale chest. <laughs> you could, Ladies and gentlemen, you could see this chest <laughs> if you were on Twitch.tv. It's kind of <laughs> sexy. See, you could see this chest and more. <laughs> <laughs> and more. It was funny because the joke was, John, this isn't OnlyFans, okay? <laughs> Tighten up, but don't. If we I get five face. more, every five listeners that tune in, a button gets unbuttoned. <laughs> That's what's up. Chris, can we handle the bandwidth? Chris is our guy. You know, uh, it was real funny. If And, and we're going to only leave it here. I'm not going to talk about what it happened was. But if you were here, you would have seen some technical issue. But our technical guy immediately tightened it up and he fixed it. We wouldn't know what to do without him, and that, of course, is our buddy Chris. Chris, welcome to another fine edition, my friend. How you doing? I don't know what you're talking about. I did it right on the first try, just like first I try. First Thank try. you, Windows 11, Windows yes. 98. Give me a heart Get hell, guys. <laughs> Chris, do you remember when we played our game and it never was first try, but it was always first try? Pretty much. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I get re- it. First try. I <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, this is uh, this part of the show. It's the beginning of the show, so we aptly called it the intro. If you're a long-time listener, that's you creative. know that that's what this is, and you know how creative we are, hence weekly games chat every week. Um, but in the, in the intro, it's accurate. It's so accurate that it's it's hurtful. Whether I'm on the show or not. But you're here this week, and this, we have a streak going. Uh, I do have some inside information that our streak could be in jeopardy. We shall, we shall see. I, uh, I think what we need to do is get you one of those uh, you know, traveling, like, uh, traveling things. Yeah, make you work extra hard on a podcast uh, in the middle of a room during a work convention, <laughs> just saying random stuff, and the people around you can't hear it. We hear the chatter of a convention. It's, I mean, I, my, I've just become more of a big deal around the company. So You're kind of a big deal. Just uh, request more I, of my time. And- I've thought about that recently that, and, and you know, we're going to go ahead and do a flex real quick, boys. We are all surrounded by like top dogs. Like we all have, we all are kind of like top dogs. Nah. I'm just top dog. <laughs> I'm just saying it was Chris for a long time by himself. And, you know, he's got some company now, which is great. Speaking of company, watch this pivot. In the uh, most recent Last of Us, man, I tell you what, they they kind of they kind of went away from uh, script that we knew as the game, the source material of the game. But it showed us how one character got some company that he didn't even know he needed. 
and it turned into potentially one of the best episodes on television. Tell them about it, Chris. Yeah. Uh, so this week on Last of Us, definitely the biggest deviation that they've taken from the game. The For those who play the game, uh, of course, you know, there's a character, Bill, that you come across not long after whoa, leaving whoa. Boston. Yeah, sorry. Oh, spoilers! It's been 10 years. You've had time. The remake <laughs> has only been like two. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Yeah, they take the biggest deviation with Bill, and instead of kind of doing what's in the game, they do their own thing. I won't say what it is, just so if you haven't seen it yet, you can, you know, I think you're still in spoiler territory for what happened. But, I mean, it's always a risky business going out there and changing source material. It's the easiest way to tick off fans in a heartbeat, right? Like, I think you go to the Harry Potter fans, they will nitpick those certain decisions in those movies that were made right like just mm-hmm. i mean yep, yep. just even things aren't very long like they're just like literally <laughs> literally a one or two minute thing happening right? right and it ticks people off like they didn't show his dumbledore's <laughs> funeral or something like that right um here they i mean they completely took a whole segment of this game a whole hour episode that you were expecting one thing did a completely different thing. And it's probably one of the few times I think the adaptation is better, a uh, better storytelling than, um, than its source material, which to be yeah. fair, you know, like it's not like when you're playing last of us, it's always story, right? You have yeah. a little bit of story, but you have a lot of activity that's going mm-hmm. on because you're playing mm-hmm. game and here they have to kind of, balance that you don't need to have joel and ellie every five minutes going through a house and there being you know one infected in there uh that they're trying to maneuver around (laughs) their drawers to get bullets and and other you know survival stuff yeah exactly uh well i don't know about you guys and and again let's stay away from spoilers but i will say this the way that they've uh they've earned my trust just through two episodes of the things they decided to bring in that wasn't source material to set up a, a visual or or what have you of what's about you're about to see that is source material but it was a way for them to kind of fill in the gap a little bit yeah uh, or or give a different perspective they've done it so well that i'm completely okay with the way they did this in this episode uh and i do think it was well done and i think one of the actors in particular i got chris to actually say out loud that that was the best he'd ever seen that particular actor yeah. be and didn't even know that actor had the range that it took to to kind of capture this moment in, in this episode. Yeah. Baby, uh, Baby Yoda? Yes. <laughs> Nick Offerman plays Bill. So for those who, of course, watch Parks and Rec, they would obviously know him as the great Ron Swanson, uh, libertarian hero to all. And, <laughs> and here, you know, like when you heard the casting, you're like, that makes sense. Because if you know Bill from the game, you can totally see him being the guy who takes care of everything himself, which is very Ron Swanson. You could see how you could easily write in jokes for him, have great banter, but you know, while that's definitely here and, and delivered in great fashion, it's like, then there's this whole entire other side where you're like, Oh wow. Nick Offerman can do drama and can do it like really, really, really well when it's asked of him. Like there are two or three scenes in this that, are just really, really good. Like just even down and on top of it, like bringing in things that, you know, if you're part of the series, like 
aren't in there, but you're like, that totally makes sense for it to be in there. Like the whole entire music part. Music is a big underlying theme used throughout the last of us games. And here again, like that whole entire scene with him and that song is just really touching and really good. Um, so, you yeah, know, I agree. That, you know, I, I, I keep telling people, don't sleep on this. If you, if you, um, if you haven't started watching it, then I would say get on it because this is truly great. You know, it's one of the yeah. best shows I've seen. I kind of wish that one of our certain co-hosts wasn't going to wait. Uh, is it John is waiting to watch all of them? Right. You are right. Or no, you're watching them with us. I watched the first episode. Right. Right. It's one of those. I kind of feel like I, I do want the the old school water cooler talk on this one. Yeah. I think it's can I spoil something that's not really a spoiler at all? If if you guys trust me, sure. I, I trust like you hundred percent. I kind of hope it's a spoiler. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the first episode kind of had a funny wink and a nod to the original game's gameplay. Mm-hmm. It's like Ellie gets spotted by a spotlight. I mean, the spotlight hits her just, and they drag they get her out of the way, and nothing happens. She doesn't. There's nothing. It's like it's like it reminds me of the gameplay of the first game on PS3 when. Ellie could just walk all over the place, pass guards, slap yeah. them in the butt. Yeah, <laughs> it may have been a nod to, to that. It yeah. was like it, it was. It's probably projecting on my part, but I was like, that feels like that feels like kind of a wink and a nod to the. To so we the know. Gameplay. We know what's up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it's probably I, nothing, but it just it struck me as really funny. Having Neil Druckmann, uh, you know, be part of this show. Uh, pro- producing on it. it it's so it's still so cool at the end when you see the credits to see PlayStation Studios and Naughty Dog's logo show up on a quality product at least so far I'm telling you right now this is one of the hey, best he's finally doing his dream job <laughs> yeah I think wanted. so but but I think it shows some importance um when there is a vision that is is to me it's a pretty good vision to be honest to have the the OG be a part of it you know I yeah. think it's important I really do and he's been on social media and explaining Look, we we chose to do this for this reason, blah, 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 blah. You know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. I enjoyed it very much. Um, for sure. I can't, I I it's to the point now where I'm excited, you know, and this is good if you created the show and you hope people like me exist. But every Sunday at nine o'clock, I can't wait to to watch it, you know? Yeah. It's I mean, tough. I I came in optimistic, but also just going like, hey. I've, I've seen this before, you know, and you just never know what you're going to get. <laughs> like, yeah, Neil Druckmann can direct a great game. And I really enjoy uh, Chernobyl, right? The other guy right. from that. And then you all of a sudden step back and you're like, well, that's just one thing. And um, on any other video game show ever, have we ever had the constant? Uh, and I don't remember this from Halo specifically. And I think that's because Halo was an original story, potentially. Uh, know, yeah. Or. Uh, but I, I, right after the show, IGNs of the world or on Instagram, you're seeing the shot by shot show versus game. And it's always, it seems so close to that source. Even when Ellie, there's something that happens in this episode, almost pulled it. They're like, look, this is what, this is boom, straight from the game. It was, yeah, you know, like, and it's, it, I don't remember anything kind of lining up like that from a video game perspective. Yeah. If you just go back to, I mean, the very first episode right the the opening scene of the, the show well, yeah outside the, the outside, fire yeah, outside yeah. The, the new little part but yeah like the actual the main thing that we all remember from the game 
I mean, there's parts of that, especially when they're in the truck. Yeah. Um, the the emotional parts, like they are pretty dang spot on they, to the source material. It. And even here, like the second episode, I think has a couple of those too that it nails. Do we while we're on this, there's a question in our Twitch chat from uh, Crimson Mist. Hello, Crimson. Uh, Crimson says, I think I heard the show's got a green light for a second season. You have heard yeah. correctly. Yeah. Uh, I did hear this, Chris. Is there any more to add that you know of? Uh, not only is it getting a second season, the uh, it may be the second game may have a two-part. If there's a third season, for example, they may use the second yeah. game as like the second and third season potentially. So Yeah, I could see we'll that. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Because right, right now, there we don't know about a third game potentially. We all wish that that would happen, um, but who knows? But that's a great question, Crimson in chat. Hello, it is good to see you guys uh, for sure. Um, so that got me thinking of how good Bill and Frank were as a combo together, mm-hmm. without even knowing it. And it got me to thinking at one point there was a world that existed when there was no milkshake and fries. They didn't know to put those together until they did. Uh, and right before the show, you see how this is what Sean brings to the show, right? Right before the show, my wife, your wife, she, uh, she had called and asked if I wanted anything from McDonald's. Well, I, I ate Chipotle very late and I was like, I, I don't really need anything, but maybe bring back a shake and fries. You know what I'm saying? So she bought a shake and fries. So my question to you is, uh, can you think of a better combo from a fast food joint that goes together? And if so, what did it, what it, would it be? You know? Um, if you think it's shake and fries, do you go strawberry shake? Do you go chocolate shake? Do you go vanilla shake and fries? That's terrible, but I would like to know for my two friends. John goes um, vanilla ice cream and fries. I remember that uh, special. Sean, you have not lived unless unless you go to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Right? Get some right. chicken nuggets. What? Get some chicken nuggets. What? Get a van- <laughs> get a vanilla ice cream cup. What? And dunk. Are you serious? You would I call don't ever. I call it my. I call it my chicken bit blizzard. <laughs> I. You would think, you know, around the time when I I say the words like West Side and all the things, the memories we have at Chick Fil A, I would have seen you do this, but I haven't yet. Why is that? I stopped doing it, um, for a while, and but as a side note, I just want to acknowledge what Huck said about um, there'd be a lot to fit in number two for a single season. You're absolutely right, Huck. That game drags on and hey, Mods banned, John. And mods banned. <laughs> Hold on. And muting John. <laughs> um, but yeah, Chris, do you have anything that you kind of go together? You know, fast food, you think of McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Arby's, you know. PBR and what? <laughs> no, but PBR like Frosty and, Taco, and Fries. PBR and Taco right. Bell when you've when you've had too much and getting it delivered by DoorDash is, yeah, is a lifesaver. Could, do, sure. do they give you PBR? They don't deliver you. No, PBR. no, you already have the you PBR. You have to buy these things together. If we you could have man? a Taco Bell that had PBR. Oh or God. just a DoorDash that brings it together. I don't know. Oh, I could do that. Um, I don't know if I have like a, some hidden combo like that, you know? To me, it's just a classic. Uh, you don't. Topic time. I, I, no. We're, first I mean, of all, that was I will rude say this. and uncalled for, and that I don't is. like drunk John. Yeah, that's fine. I don't I'm, like uh, drunk I'm, What are you drinking, by the way, John, while Chris thinks about that? What's that? What are we having today? It's a Dr. Robot Blackberry Lemon Sour. Get them uh, at your local retailer. That sounds amazing. I will say. Is it good? 
Yeah, that's good. <laughs> if I've had a night of too much indulgence with a friend of the show, Jeff, usually my cure for it in the morning is a sausage biscuit and hash brown from uh from that's McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah, that that cures it. I get home and I get an extra one. I give it to Penny. So she loves yeah. it too. You never, bring me, you never bring me one. I do hate that when you get the shake and fries and the fries aren't like salty enough, if that makes sense. Mm. You kind of want the sweet and the salty to go together. That's just well, me being a fat, you know what. But anyway, as John so uh, eloquently noted a minute ago, that that be all, folks, for the intro. Um, that's kind of what we do. We are excited. Uh, we, got a, we got a few weeks to get ready for the Super Bowl, but congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs and all your fans, um, and also to the Philadelphia Eagles and all your fans. Hopefully it's a good Super Bowl. Sean, can I tell you something? Sure. You were talking about the 49ers last week. I was. You were getting me excited. I should have. And I was on the elliptical in the gym watch, <laughs> oh, watching, no. watching that game. Yeah. And I was reminded. It was a game? Of that scene <clears throat> from Avengers Endgame where Hawkeye looks at uh, Black Widow and says, don't give me hope. Don't give me hope. <laughs> it, it wasn't. Listen, that was bad. It, any, it was bad because somebody got hurt. It wasn't just Multiple. somebody got hurt. <laughs> the, and the injury, by the way, is pretty bad. It, there's something in your elbow, like a UC something, UCL, UCL. maybe. UCL. He's he getting needs, a second opinion. He's getting but, a second yeah. opinion, but it needs surgery by for the San Francisco doctors. Yeah. So he's a third string quarterback. Four string comes in, also gets hurt. Uh, and there's something deep in the NFL. I don't want to get in the weeds too much, but there was a there was a rule change on rosters, and and it has to do with people you're paying a paycheck for for the game can come to the game and wear street clothes because the coach opts not to put you in because of a numbers crunch they have to do, mm. and it's hurting the game. It's hurting the quality of the game. And and to be honest, an NFC Championship game in the National Football League should not have had two quarterbacks hit and taken out and put a team to where they very well were about to put a running back in to be the quarterback. It shouldn't be a situation. Um, but it was, and my beloved 49ers got spanked. So I, I still don't know who I'm rooting for in the Super Bowl. It's Part of me uh, wants to go Eagles. I would assume Jalen. Right, because of I'm hashtag built by Bama that's trending and blah, blah, blah. But... I don't know. I kind of like the swag that Kelsey put on national television <laughs> and he called the mayor of Cincinnati a jabroni. If you missed that, John, you need to see it. Uh, so, and I got no Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's awesome. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how that goes. But we got a lot of, I, we got another week to get hyped for the, all that. Right, Chris? Two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't root for the Eagles by <laughs> right. default. But I will say this. I, I did hear this today. If they do win, I will be happy. Devonte Smith will become only the fifth yes. player in the history of football to have a Heisman, a national championship in football, and a Super Bowl championship. So, and who knows what if he also got MVP of the Super Bowl? Yeah, be even that would put him in an upper echelon, if you will. And maybe one uh, day he'll get an MVP award in the NFL. Probably not, but could happen. It could. Hey, you never know. You never know, right? I didn't think it would happen in college football. So. True. Yeah. True. But uh, chat on our Twitch uh, channel. We hope you're doing real good. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And, of course, everybody who's listening at the house 
or on the road or at your cubicle at work. Thank you so much for listening to the intro. Uh, I think it's a good place to kind of tie that up and put it, put it to rest for right now and uh, head into the topic is unless you guys got anything else. I don't know if you do or not. What's the topic? Exactly. NBA 2K. <laughs> gentlemen thank you so much for uh you know tuning in this week and of course this is the area that we call topic time right and what happens here is the folks that listen to the intro and you may be the one who looked down at the timer and came straight to here it doesn't matter we are all here so i welcome you let's get comfortable and now i'm going to do what i do best and that shut up so chris can properly introduce this week's topic the topic is Dead space. I heard none of that. I don't know if it recorded. <laughs> it did because I I didn't hear you. Uh, but that's fantastic. I was thinking he Windows Eleven. Button. He's unhit the mute button. Oh no. Okay, so Twitch heard it. That's so weird. We didn't. Um, came through perfect. Actually, perfect. Hey, yeah, life's good. Yes, Dead Space was the remake. Uh, Dead Space. If you remember, uh, this one of John's favorite games ever. Right. So John was a no brainer to play it, but then also Chris played it. I did not. Um, I was very busy and it came out on a Friday last Friday, right? It, it has not been out a while. It has not been a while. Uh, and, but the boys, they played it and, and I really, I watched a lot on it and I, I will continue to rely on that when I ask questions, but I think it's living up to the hype. I don't know why you don't play this game. Because it's scary AF. <laughs> well, the funny thing about it is I took I took Friday off to play this. And, you know, my my wife was traveling Your wife. last week and she was probably going to get home. She was going to get home from the airport around 2.30 um, Friday morning. And I was like, perfect. This thing will drop on Friday. I'm sorry. It'll drop on Friday at midnight. I will have it downloaded and ready to play. I'll get a solid two and a half hours in while waiting up for my beautiful and adoring wife. Well. And then when I downloaded it, it the, the, the clock started count, counting down. It looked like I wasn't going to be able to play this game, ladies and gentlemen, until 11 a.m. the next day. So I ended up working, a, working six hours. <laughs> Classic, John. Uh, Sean, where you been? You drifted off, buddy. <laughs> I didn't drift. You're not you supposed had, to tell you people. Had, you had I, Joy-Con drift. <laughs> but you're not supposed to tell people I drift. They didn't know. I was getting my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It went off, and apparently somebody liked it. We went live, and I get excited about that. So, no? Chris, I was, I was talking to Chris about this game today, and yesterday, yesterday he and I were in the exact same spot in the game. 
I was like one chapter within, ahead of you. No. Well, yeah. I don't know about that. No. Within I, like, okay, there's a chapter, yeah. but then what I'm trying to tell you is we were about 30 minutes yeah. of game time. You, you were maybe 30 minutes ahead of me. And so I'm talking to him today and he finishes the game and I'm like, wow, you must've really liked it. And he goes, I was just, I was just hurrying up to get it done so I can play, uh, play, I can play hi-fi rush. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this game is a seven. <laughs> but that, that's, you know, it's such a Chris move. It's like, Chris, just say that you did have a good time playing this game and that you're going to go back to playing high five, but the way it delivers it, it does make you think today's going to be a six or a seven. <laughs> Just can't win. So we are going to be, we are going to be surprised if Chris gives it higher than a four. <laughs> That's funny. I go, I go, this is a seven. Sean goes, it's a six or a seven. And we're yeah. going to be surprised. It's if, if it's higher than a four. That's so okay. funny. I do. John, was this, did I misspeak earlier? This was one of your all-time favorite games, right? Oh yeah. If you uh, if you put Bioshock and Dead Space next to each other and say this is what you have to take to your deserted island, I take Dead Space any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Wow. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> and Chris, uh, just to kind of reset and tell everybody, I'm taking Bioshock. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, coming in hot. Uh, but the old, you know, the older I get, I'm like, you know, you want to play a good Bioshock game? Play Dishonored. Wow. True. But Chris, you want to play, play a good original? Dead Space game? Play System Shock. <laughs> did you ever play no. Dead Space before, Chris? I did. Yeah. I played it way, way back when it first came out. Um, 2008. And- yeah. And I mean, I have to say for horror games, you know, I'm not huge into playing them that much. Definitely John. That's that's definitely John's um forte a lot more than me, hence why you ran out to get Callisto Protocol, regardless what may have been said, right? Like that it's just not a problem for him. You know, he's gonna play Resident Evil. I'm sure he's looking forward to Silent Hill uh remake, you know, all those things. Uh but I have always felt that Dead Space is the kind of horror game that I knew was going, especially the first one. I don't like the sequels as much as I like the first one, um, mainly just because the first one is kind of what I always wanted, which is that it's the perfect alien game, right? Like there hasn't been a truly great alien game, but this game, despite the fact that there's, of course, consistent enemies versus just one, it gets what I think makes alien a great movie, right? Which is just that the ship itself is such a true horror to walk around when it's unfamiliar to you. And especially when you're in the dark uh, and don't know what's going to be around the next corner. That's what I've always above all else enjoyed about it. And I'm happy to say that is still very much present here. Um, You know? (laughs) Yeah. One thing that, that you guys are going to get into this and all that, I'm sure. But one thing that me and Chris kind of talked about uh, was how this Dead Space, as he plays it in his brain, it looks exactly like Dead Space. Look, when he played it but the first time, but just like the Halo remakes and all the other games that are remade, it's not quite how you remember it. And it's weird that our brains do that when we think about what a game looked like when we played it 
10, 12 years ago, whatever. Um, but one thing I did notice in watching it was just how crisp uh, the game looked in its setting and how the, when the vibrant, the colors needed to be vibrant, they were uh, when, when you, the scare factors there, all the things that, that you guys are going to talk about, it literally looks like it was a fantastic remake. So, well, this, yeah. well, this game is like the king of jump scares. Um, and it does it, it does it in a way that's not, it's not too cheap, but my favorite, I don't know if Chris ever gets this, but my favorite jump scare, and it does this throughout the game because you're never ready for it. When the comms come on, you have that loud static pop and then, and then Hammond comes on to talk to you or, or Dr. Mercer comes on to talk to you. And it's like, and it just makes you jump immediately. But when the comm comes on, it's just, someone's going to talk to you, but you've just crapped your pants. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently the, uh, the Ishimura has a really bad problem (laughs) with its fans, uh, over vents. They, they make a very distinct sound and they are consistently going out even when, things are not popping out of them. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for you, that sound is very similar to two things, comms and shower heads as they turn on when you search bathrooms. So you never know, am I about to die or, oh, man. or searching bathrooms yeah. is the worst, right? Cause you just like, you see all the little treasures just on the ground. You're like, I need that ammo and I need well, those so, credits. <laughs> well, this hasn't, this hasn't happened to me in the game yet, but I remember the, in the original game, you always kept thinking to yourself, as soon as you get on an elevator, you're safe. Mm-hmm. You get on an elevator, you're safe. You keep, you go to the next spot, but between when you're on that elevator going to the next level, it's like, it's like Isaac's little safe spot. It gives you like five seconds to breathe. Well, in the original 2008 version, about halfway through the game, I, I escaped this dangerous situation, get on an elevator. And as I'm, as I'm on the elevator, this is like six hours into the game where I'm, I'm assuming that this is a safe place. All of a sudden, a necromorph just drops through the elevator shaft, oh. lands, oh, no. and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I it completely, it's like, it's like, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know how to shoot him. I don't know how to kill him. But it just, it just completely jelly legged me. But the game was just ahead of its time. This is almost sort of a kind of a retro podcast as well just to kind of compare the original to the to the to the remake but the game at the time was so good at giving you not just cheap jump scares but 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 scares you don't expect like this thing is safe for the first 10 times you see it and it just trains your brain to go you're safe when you when when something like this happens in a game and then it gets you yeah uh, it takes that moment that you feel secure for two hours, three hours, and then and creates a situation where you're no longer safe. Like those it, bathroom scenes, man. It's like seven out of ten times you walk into those bathrooms, you're safe. Nothing's gonna happen. But there's that, but there's that rare time <laughs> and it happens and, and and it happens so many times where you're like, I'm fine. Let me just barrel through this bathroom, you know, <laughs> and then boom, like a necromorph pops out of the toilet. <laughs> and that's the the big update with this is the whole entire smart. I guess, AI system so that anytime you're revisiting anywhere on the ship or just exploring, whether you've been through there and had an event before anything can happen pretty much as far as maybe not like your biggest of enemies, but yeah, necromorph or the little babies with (laughs) with tentacles. Yeah. Those things are worse. 
Yeah, I hate them. Um, you know, all that can show up at any moment if you're just walking around trying to do a side mission or just go, oh, I've got this key card. Let me, you know, Metroid it up and go back to this area where I knew I couldn't get into this room before, but now I can't, right, and get gear. So it, it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you alert. Um, but, yeah, like the biggest things I think that they change that I don't know if people realize, the field of view in this game is much wider than the first one is um like the first game is in i went back and played it a little bit about two weeks ago in preparation for this played for like the first two chapters just to see like what do i remember from this and i was amazed how tight that camera was right yeah um, and no. here the camera is much wider but I have to give them credit like that could have been something where it took away from the game you know, because like that limited field of view you had in the first game was what made it in part so scary just because Isaac isn't turning that fast. Um, and, you know, you can only see so much in front of you. And in this, even though you have that wider field of view, they've actually compensated where all the rooms now, because of technology, are much bigger, right? They're much more fleshed out. They feel like true living spaces. But because they're bigger and because your field of view is wider, it actually still kind of maps out where you're still only seeing about the same amount of the room as you did in the original, even though you don't feel like so up and close to personal with the back of Isaac as he's walking around and exploring the ship, uh, which I think was a cool design choice on their part because it allows them to have creativity, right? Make their version of the Ishimura, but at the same time still make it feel very dead space to those who have played the game before. Yeah. To, I mean, to me, this is not, <clears throat> I guess one of the greatest remakes in my opinion goes back to resident evil two. Sure. But you know, when it comes to, but you know, th those, those two games are, are very different in how they approached. I mean, resident evil two's top down perspective in the original PlayStation version. I mean, there was a lot left to be desired and a, a really good reason to make it more modern if they wanted to remake it at all. One of the things that's so great about this, and, and, and apparently a lot of people were concerned that they would take this and completely just butcher it and just make it into something that no one ever recognized. I mean, I, there, there are, there are key moments, key areas key factors in the game that are very familiar, but being, being someone who's played this game probably seven or eight times in his life, it's like, it keeps the essence of the Ishimura there mm -hmm. to where you feel like they've, they've kept a loyal representation of it, but there, but, but you walk through the, you walk through the area, you walk through the map and you go, yeah, this, this room's the same because it has this story beat that's important, but getting there there are very different layouts and very different ways of navigating this area. One of the key features, one of the key changes that I think is beneficial to the game is your ability and what they were able to do with it, your ability to get on the tram yeah. of the Ishimura. It's like in the original 2008 version, <clears throat> once you got on that tram, you were done with that section. You were moving on often uh, kind of like, um, 
kind of like bio, I think Bioshock was like that or bio, one of them Bioshock two might've been like that where you couldn't return to the previous area. In this game, they use that tram system as the, as, as an actual method of transportation throughout the Ishimura. Whenever you want to go to someplace, wherever you want to go, you can backtrack, look for things you couldn't access before. In the previous game, it was just very linear. Hmm. Great experience, but very linear. And I think this, I think this gives, I can't think of any changes they've made to this game. Chris, you might have a different opinion that held the game back from its previous version. Hmm. And to me, this is one of those games where almost every decision, at least that I can think of that they made enhances the experience. Um, so like Isaac Clark, uh, the original voice actor um, comes back for this one. And I don't think he was the voice actor until Dead, Dead Space 2. Right. He was a mutant. Because in this game, game, he was a silent protagonist. Yeah. But this, but, but adding, adding voice acting to this character in this game m- makes, the, makes the experience more, line up more with sort of a balance between how he was in 2 and 3. And putting dialogue from Isaac Clark into this game adds to more story beats, adds to more fleshing out of things. There's side missions, all this stuff. But Chris, I mean, to you, I mean, can you think of any changes they made that were detrimental, <sighs> that, that were potentially detrimental? It's, been, it's been forever. Were there side missions in the original? I don't remember side missions. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think the side missions are very good at all. Like, that's the biggest thing. I don't like the backtracking because while you can definitely pick up things, it's the stories themselves really didn't like what you got from them didn't seem worth the time I was Mm. playing in. And it just got to a point where, I mean, there are not a ton of them, but you know, it, it got to a point where I was just like, okay, uh, I'm, I'm here for dead space. I'm not here for this other stuff. You know? So that's kind of, where I focused on, um, you know, obviously it might've helped with like upgrades or things like that. Obviously, you know, doing more over time, I'm sure I would have been rewarded for it, but I don't know. Like to me, that whole entire system, while I like the tram as far as going back and forth, right. Being able to do that. It's still for that point of those missions. I'm like, no, because a lot of times you could not do the whole mission right away. Right. Um, or at least that's how it felt to me. So I'd just move on. Then I would come back to it later. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't really love that part of the game. Um, as far as the additions, the, as far as the actual ship itself and everything in the zones, the part that I think they really nailed is they still have that, that great sense of variety, right? Like when, you come into a big open place, right? You're here. You know, you can just look around what's in front of you and you're like, a battle is coming at some point. I might go do some stuff first, right? Some objectives. At some point, the battle is coming here. (laughs) And if you're, yeah, like, but you can look around and see it, but it's key to do that. And this is like what I really like about the game the most is at times if you're just approaching this straightforward, it could seem overpowering to you, right? Like when you have those moments when, you know, four or five necromorphs are coming in and then you get the babies and then you get the, 
I guess the the bloaters that basically dump the flood on you whenever you uh when you blow them up, right? <laughs> the little tiny things yeah. or or the worst when you get the ones that the body breaks apart <clears throat> and starts crawling on the ground <laughs> in front of you trying to get you. Um or even like big ones the hunter, right? Uh for sure. Like it could be seen that thing, man. <laughs> it seems to you like it could be overwhelming, especially if again, like you're going to be the gamer that truly just goes, I've got my plasma cutter and this is my lifeline because I've already upgraded this. Um, right. But you quickly learn. It's like, no, it, it's, it's, it's a puzzle, right? It's figuring out, you know, and what I love about this, the fact that it's not just shoot the thing in the head pretty much for everything, but like the necromorphs of, of course, especially is like, Hey, don't go for the head, go for the arms, go for the legs, get those things on the ground. So that they're crawling and they're very slow. Look over and see that, you know, you have a stasis charge, but there are also stasis canisters here that you can pick up and throw at enemies too. And like, you start piecing it together where you're like, Hey, all of a sudden these four necromorphs that if I just tried to take them out with my <laughs> plasma cutter or one of my other weapons now, because I've cut all their limbs down, it's like they're grouped together, they're crawling, and I can start picking up fire canisters and raining hell down on them and blowing them all up in one shot as opposed to wasting a bunch of resource, right? And then you could turn around and be like, hey, the bigger enemy, let me put some stasis on you and switch to one of my other weapons that I've been picking up ammo maybe right before this fight and using that tool. Like, it makes you use your full tool toolbox and think about that as opposed to just going here's your one favorite thing go you know and, and just and, rely on that and it also keeps you humble because you can yes. get to a point particularly earlier in the game i was thinking man i'm so good at this game i've played this game so many times <laughs> it's like my plasma cutter i've got so much ammo this is almost i was like this is almost disappointing but then it then it creates these moments where it, it it's like the game is designed to kind of know when you are overstocked on ammo yeah. and it starts to flood you and it just the game depletes your ammo in a in the most genius way making you i mean there was a around the time that it was it was the um the, the predator the hunter mm -hmm. the enemy that you could you know that you could cut the limbs off and it would regenerate Man, that 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 area, that story beat, and I can't remember if he comes back or not. I think he does, but um, that moment where, yeah, that moment, it's like I am scrounging for ammo. It's like I've got I got two clips of my plasma cutter. My mm. pulse rifle is down to nothing, and I've got the I've got the weapons that I have to use that I don't particularly like, and so exactly. it forces you to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I went ahead and put. Um, What's the, what's the way I hate, I've always hated this weapon and they never, they never get rid of it. It's the, it's the one where it's basically a saw. It's the like ripper. a skill saw. I hated it at first. I hate that weapon. I hated it's it at like, first. And then it became my necromorph <laughs> tool of death. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going around and be like, saw off your leg, saw off your leg, run back, <laughs> throw fire down and like. You know, and then like see the bloater thing over there and you could shoot the saw at them. I was like, this thing 
If you use it Saw right. Saw off your leg. Saw <laughs> off your leg. It's so like, fun. You might, so Sean might like that weapon because it's like, all, it's nonstop chainsaw fight. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. You just own. You just completely own. Yeah. I, I will I will say one thing that, Chris, you did note to me, and, and, you know, we didn't talk a lot about this game, but just to kind of reiterate, one thing you liked, of course, was the way that Zero G acts in this game, too. I mm. Yeah, it's always been, the original was always one of the ones I, I enjoy and I know like John loves Prey and I think Prey does an okay job too but this to me has always been one of my favorites and I think they they really polish it up in a nice way just like the idea of like you know a lot of times when you see zero G it has to be out in space and that's like no you don't need that necessarily everywhere right like you know gravity is a fictional thing when you're in space on a ship doesn't really exist unless you can simulate it somehow and you know, going through the ship and sometimes turning on, turning off gravity, but then like also having the parts of the game where then you find yourself outside the ship with limited ox- oxygen, trying to figure out what you need to do, how to make it work, while also still contending with all the various creatures that can kill you at any moment. You know, it it makes for a very interesting part. Like there's a, um, because it's a mining rig, there's just parts of this, where when you go outside the ship and you actually see the scale and the spectacle of what the Ishimura is, right. Compared to you, the human, uh, it's, I mean, it, it makes you go, wow. You know, like, uh, and again, it's just, it's things that make you go. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But, um, you know, (laughs) and then without spoiling too much here, like certain enemies you see later on out there and they're, scale you know i'm talking about john um but yeah like things like that they're so good and i I loved those parts where it does like i i was i couldn't remember how much it was in this game and i was pleasantly surprised how much i got i was like it was just enough you know i was like all right probably spend about a third of my time floating around doing things and then go oh there's a baby floating that's see that's the thing (laughs) <laughs> the zero gravity parts, the only parts I hate about it, and I've always hated, is that you cannot freaking find that baby when yeah. he's in zero gravity and he's shooting those lava things from his Trinity tail, <laughs> whatever the heck that is. It's like you're trying to put eyes on him and you can't find him. And you lose half of your life trying to find the thing to shoot him. Yeah, it just, I agree. Zero gravity is just kind of a video game trope that frustrates me in, in general, but... You get hate good. space. I, yeah, I definitely get good. <laughs> so but, I, I got a question it, for you. Oh, you got one more thing to add? I was just, I've always said this since 2008 playing this game. Um, and, you know, <laughs> this is not exactly spoilery because the game's technically been around for over a decade. But there's this Leviathan boss, and Chris noticed me yesterday calling it the refrigerator monster. <laughs> <laughs> because when I first started playing the game back in 2008, the storyline kept saying that there's a there's a leviathan in food storage and in my mind i kept thinking at some point what am i am i going to just open up a refrigerator door and there's a monster inside? hey oh my uh, goodness yeah but uh Sean, go ahead you were going to ask a well, question. well this is a question i have no idea what the answer is to right i saw this on a couple of websites and and different mentions back and forth so i thought i want to ask the boys this so motive studio comes in and they do this amazing what I, what I well received remake of Dead Space One. Um, 
What do you think they're what they should do next, right? Let's say they're giving the range to the franchise, if you will. We know that Dead Space Three, um, uh, kind of I've read, I don't want spoilers, but it was maybe it called a cliffhanger. Okay. So, but Dead Space Four was kind of scrapped. But Motive now has done this thing with Dead Space Remake. Should they do you think Dead Space Two and Three need a remake, or should they just focus on a Dead Space Four, kind of bring in the new technology and everything they've learned from this remake and, and go ahead and just write the story for four? If there were to be a thing, this is a hypothetical, could it exist type situation. I don't. Chris, can I jump in here first? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, with Dead Space 2, I simply think it just needs the Frostbite 4 engine makeover. Personally. I mean, maybe there's a maybe there's an opportunity to do vast, fat, uh, backtracking in that game, but that, but that, um, what do they call that that location? I forget what it was called, but that was a massive location. And in full disclosure, Dead Space 2 is probably my favorite of the series. Um, so I'd love to see that get an, another coat of paint. People tend to have a problem with Dead Space 3. I can tell you the reasons why people do. The co-op didn't really work. Huh? Multiplayer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the co-op didn't really make sense to me because there's a whole... In that game, there was a whole lot of... Uh, well, not maybe not a whole lot, but there were certain story beats that you could not hit unless you played co-op with that other character and that other character wasn't playable. I mean, when you played the game solo, it was Isaac Clark, but someone could always jump in as that other character for the co-op missions, but Fizek bark. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But for me, Uh. um, I could see them remaking dead space two and maybe I'd like to see them give the whole trilogy another stab, but if 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 it's if it better serves the series to do Dead Space Four, I'd much rather them do that. Whatever's best for the survival of the series and the continuation of the series, that's what I. Well, like Resident Evil got these remakes, right? Yeah, but they we still but got Capcom's like, crazy, but we still got Village. We still got a new Resident Evil. Yeah, right. So at the same time that remakes are happening, can we still get? The, is it important to get that four? Well, the I, question cliffhanger is, is such a cliffhanger that you need it. I don't know. The question is if, if it's if it's motive, they've got another project right now. I, I think they're working on a Star Wars game, Chris. I don't know if that's yeah. yeah. I'm looking up. They, oh, got well, some I mean, stuff, they got some stuff happening. <laughs> so um, was it? I, no, it was It wasn't Star Wars. It was something else. It was uh, an untitled Iron Man game. That's, that's right. right. It was. Oh uh, yeah. I think the reason you did this, if you're EA is because you you know obviously this original was made by visceral that doesn't exist anymore so of course this was the the task of taking a bunch of young developers and teaching them how to basically make a dead space game right like being able to have the original source code be able to look at the original game and say how did they do that can we replicate it now you've done that um in a perfect world for ea it would be go straight to dead space four i think right but the truth is the difference between dead space and resident evil is that there's a reason that visceral got shut down and why you didn't get dead space four which is that dead space has never been nearly anywhere remotely right i agree yeah so like for a lot of people you know the best thing that could happen to this game you know like the original sold around a million maybe two million units if you sell, yeah, if you sell like somewhere in the, in the, you know, sales projections of five to 10 million on this, 
well then now you have a bunch of new people that are not familiar and i i know they they partnered at least on pc they gave everyone dead space 2 that pre-ordered on steam which is nice but i don't think a lot of people are going to do that right they're just going to tell themselves well i'll just wait till they remake dead space 2 so i think if they want to continue with this, if it is profitable for them, I don't think they have a choice. They have to go and make two and three. And maybe in John's case, as, as he said, like with the third game, maybe you can fix some of those problems that crept up um, that people <clears throat> took issue with on the final one. Right. And then from yeah. there, once you do that, maybe, you know, if you use the same engine, you've got kind of some of the same assets. You can then, structure yourself where you get maybe the next one out in two years get the third one out two years after that and then maybe we're talking three or four years after that if if it's still popular saying let's do dead space four that's a long timeline to kind of capture the positivity Mm -hmm. but you know who says you can't drum up excitement when needed right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nice yeah getting back to this the other thing i think this game does well is environmental puzzles and just how you interact with them. Whether like there are some really big spectacle ones, especially with the uh relay, uh the long range relay. You I'm sure you remember that, John. That that's still fun. I, I really like that puzzle. But like just in levels where you're going around, you know, okay, there's light here now. I'm walking around and there's there's necromorphs and I'm taking care of, but I at least have a general idea where everything is and and what's going on. And then you'll get to a point where you look at it and you go, either there's a circuit breaker or there's a, <laughs> a power circuit, uh, whatever you want to call it, power battery that is attached to something you don't need. And it needs to be changed over to open the thing you do need And nine times out of 10, the price is the lights are about to go out on you or zero G or oxygen is about to be taken away from you. And it completely changes because one, you already know what's coming. You're fine with the fact that you're screwed, but uh, it, uh, it, again, the it, necromorphs it, are sitting they're, they're sitting in the walls going, he's about to turn off the lights. He's about to turn off the lights. Oh, baby. Gotta turn off the lights. Do you? Oh, that's shame. It's real shame. Um, but yeah, you know, those moments like afterwards, like, cause you have to, again, like this is what I love about the environments, even those kind of levels, you have to scout out like you kind of need to remember where your canisters are for when the lights do go out so that when the waves come, you can handle them. But I love that kind of puzzle solving solving where it's like, sometimes it's even optional. What is you're trying to get into, but you know that there's something probably of value to you to get into that room. So you'll take the chance and turn off the lights or whatever it is. Turn off the lights. Turn down the bit. Oh. <laughs> Light a candle. See, Chris, I used to be able to play this game mm-hmm. and go into a room mm-hmm. and know exactly where to place fire bombs and 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 stasis canisters and everything. And I go yeah. pop, 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 pop. Go on to the next room. Nothing. Like nobody. Like nothing would touch me. But this, it's like, man, they kind of change this map up a little bit. These rooms aren't the same. <laughs> But I love it. I mean, the most important thing that they could have done for me is make this familiar, yet a brand new experience to where everything just felt like they gave me the gift of playing this game for the very first time. And this is, in my opinion, I don't think it gets a lot of credit for this, but 
it's it it's 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 definitely in my top five, depending on the day. Could be in my top three, but people don't often appreciate what this game did to, and the kind of ideas it had, particularly with your HUD. Let's let's say I mean your HUD in in a normal shooter exists on on the corners of your screen. Here, your HUD exists on Isaac Clark. You've got a life meter that's on your back. Yeah, I mean that that's just that's that's brilliant. You hold up your gun and and the and and the and the there's like a digital th- reading on your gun that shows you how many bullets you have left in the chamber. You have this you have this holographic image that you pull up that shows you all of your inventory, and none of it lives on your none of it. Am I crazy? None of it lives on your screen. No. It all exists. It yeah. all exists on Isaac Clark's person, and I just think that's one of the most brilliant things that has ever come along in a video game, at least in the, tw- in, in the, in the two thousands yeah, during the, during the PS three Xbox 360 era. And to their credit, they, they take the risk. Cause like, as you said, you know, like when you're in zero G on space, you know, sometimes it is hard to wrap around, you know, and you can hear things. Sure. And you can have the spatial audio on, um, on your headset. If you, if mm-hmm. you're playing that way, but like, yeah, sometimes it's hard unless you just stop for a second to to realize it like where it's coming from but i think it also adds a heightened sense of like you know i need to figure this out fast because the moment i stand still is the moment that i start taking damage which is just wasting resource in this game because it's not like you know you can go to the save screen and while there are plenty of them right um it doesn't just refill your health for you, right? There's no outside of like, I have noticed for whatever reason, if you have an auto save, it will reset your health. But like, you know, nine times out of 10, like I had a problem with this where I had to backtrack because I died or like I saved with like this much health and then I was facing a hunter and that's not good. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, like, that kind of thing with the screen and how it lives on you, it's really smart. But like I said, they commit to it. They, they take the good and the bad from it. If you will, like they're, they're fine with the criticism because it's, it's definitely a choice, right? To say, we don't want you to have a little circle in the corner with the little beeping thing and a little number above it. It's like, no, you want to look at how much ammo you have aim down your sight. Right. That's funny. Yeah. I can confirm. There was one save Chris had where he was like, Oh no. Mm-hmm. what what has i done and that's and that's that's and that's that's what makes the game so beautiful the absolute despair it puts you in. yeah <laughs> like, i was watching this one particular streamer who is just he's just a good gamer dude he got this gun where it was like fire he, the gun was shooting fire oh, flamethrower dude he was murking <laughs> now keep in mind two hours before that he, he just was had murking. This, he had this gun where it was going like it was just you know, space gun. And he was doing some work then too, but I flash forward to upgrade of the flamethrower and he, it didn't matter. There was this thing that ran at him. He didn't care. It was, it's kind of crazy. The skill that some of these streamers have, but they're pretty awesome. And he also, the, the title was he played it on the hardest level. So, okay. uh, Chris, the, uh, did you, Chris, did you unlock the hand cannon at the I end of the not. game? I did not. No. Have you seen the hand cannon in I YouTube have. videos? I have. Sean, it's a foam 
hand. <laughs> and when you shoot it, it literally says pew pew. Oh my, that would be the number one thing I would have to do. And dude, it lays out necromorphs. <laughs> I would have to have the hand cannon. I mean, one shot and they're down. Yeah, pew <laughs> pew. Just for the pew pew, dude. Are you kidding me? Pew pew. <laughs> That's what's up. Man. I will say, um, I do have a couple of criticisms. Of course. Chris, we've been talking for three hours. Four out of ten. How do you- here it comes. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I can see how long we've been talking. Um, did he just Larry I, Litter me? I he did, didn't he? I did. I did. Didn't he? Did, did he what? Larry Literal me. Yes. He did. He Larry Literal. I'm like, we've been talking for four hours. No, sir. It's been one hour and 47 minutes, actually. Actually, one hour and 15 seconds. Where's a wall? My head needs to go through a wall right now. In game, Twitch. In game. But um, I think. As far as um, things I had just forgotten about, I will say while I love the experience and everything going through it, I was kind of reminded, I think the weakest part of this to me at least is the actual story itself. Like I don't. Right. Exactly. I, John. I don't, <laughs> I don't love, like there is a lot of things going on in this game, like a lot uh, of story beats and it is i mean it's one of those things where you really do have to take the time to as you find text logs and audio logs to make sure you are listening and and reading everything because if not you might not get the full picture of like exactly what people's motivations are why they are doing something what their what their goals are versus like when you first get there and it's mainly there is thing on ship killing you get the hell out you know, seek survival. Um, and I'm kind of 50, 50 on that. And then that in the uh, kind of similar to Bioshock, I really don't love the last level. I love the last fight. The last fight is fun. Um, and much better than Bioshock's final fight, but like that whole entire slog of just going through it. I was like, I've been through so much. I just really would like to get to the. Are you sure it wasn't because it was two in the morning? No. Okay. No. Just making sure. It was one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, I just, um, it's not a a fun experience of what you're being asked to. It feels very, okay, walk this thing down the aisle and then kind of do a thing you've done plenty of times before. And I'm just like, okay, I'm, I've had enough of this. I'm I'm ready for this to end. Um, but that said, you know, like regardless of that, it's not that it's got bad performances or bad moments. Um, I think there's one twist that I think is very easy to see going back to the original. I think there's another that you more so have to be looking for um, and think about, right, to see it coming. Uh, and it's still carried out very well. John, do you have anything negative John, to say John. about Dead Space? <laughs> yeah, really. Besides the fact that Chris played it and he had something negative to say about it. <laughs> do I have anything negative to say about Dead Space? I mean, that, and to be fair, Chris, it wasn't like negative. No. So <clears throat> it remains to be seen. Um, I think there's techni- technically three quote-unquote side missions, I think. There's the one where you go searching for the rigs, which I think serves as the purpose of just beefing your arsenal up, which I'm loving that. I want to do that. The one is when with uh, your, 
Doctor, what's her name? Doolittle. Oh no, your yeah. your ah, with a doctor. Your, Let's just say with a doctor. Your love interest. Yeah. She's a doctor on the Ishimura. That's why you volunteered to go on this mission because the Ishimura went dark and she's on that ship. And so you as an engineer, you volunteered to go on this mission to see, to, you know, to make sure she was, she's okay. Now in the original game, you don't get a lot of exposition into why she, you know, she's there and you show up and you're there to find her, but she never really plays that big of a role in the original game. She really doesn't. She shows up at the beginning and she shows up at the end in that. Oh, Brennan? In, in that. Yeah, Dr. Brennan. Nice. This at least kind of give, fleshes out her character, what she, was, what, what she was experiencing on the Ishimura, and kind of fleshes her out and makes her more three dimensional. In the, in the 2008 version, she was just sort of this one dimensional character, this, this kind of, I don't know, trope that never really panned out that well. Now, the other side mission, we'll see how that goes. Um, I don't know if I care, but I, will, but I am 50-50 on it, like, so far. Like, Dr. Brenner's story arc being fleshed out more with a side mission, I think, is beneficial to make her more of a real presence because she, because she becomes an important character in the story arc of Dead Space 2. There's a lot going on with her that matters to the main character in dead space too. Spoilers. But the other one will we'll have to <laughs> see. Well, the other one we'll have to see. I'm not, I'm not sure how that will pan out. And if, if and if I find that interesting towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, maybe I can meet Chris halfway on the side missions and the purpose they serve the verdicts out for me, because I'm still about halfway through the game. Spoilers. Um, but you've played so, the game 74 times. It's fine. But then, yeah. Yeah. I play, yeah. Yeah. So, it's fine. Um, you- as far uh, no, that's all I got as far as even a potential <laughs> criticism. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like the way that they, that you mentioned that they captured this, making you feel like the first time you played it, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty solid. And, and you've already kind of let us know that dead space as it was, was one of your top five, maybe top three games of all time. So it, but it's so weird looking at them side by side. Right. It looks like one. It looks like the original Dead Space was made in the seventies. <laughs> it's the difference. Crazy? It's the difference between the original Alien and Prometheus. That's fair. As far I see as what you did there. I, I I think I saw that second movie you mentioned with Chris in the movie theater. Alien Covenant. No, no Prometheus. No, Prometheus. No. But yeah, right, Chris, I, we didn't I, go together. I, other than that, this is one of those games. When this game is in my top five, there's not really a whole lot wrong with this game. Yeah, at least in my opinion, scope, right? in my yeah, right. in, from my perspective. Otherwise, why would it be? So. Are we there at a point go. where uh, it's time, boys? Are is we at that any, point? Is there yeah. any point for? Versus, I, I, I know yours is a, we got to get the aggregate score because it's going to go down to potentially like a seven overall combined scores because you're giving it a 10. And Chris is giving it a 7.5 or an 8.5. So the aggregate will be closer to like either an eight or a nine. So we'll see. Four. 
<laughs> I don't know why you guys think I'm so low on this game. I mean, I love the original. Uh, there's a lot because to it's love. a bit, Chris. <laughs> it, yeah, Chris. It's a. <laughs> you wouldn't tell me what you thought earlier, but uh, and I asked. Oh, I needed like, you to know that during the show we thought you were giving it a four. Yeah. Um. But no, yeah. I mean, it's it's a beautiful looking remake. I think it plays great. I think it does most things right like that give me the things that i really loved about the original dead space um and you know my same criticisms like i had those same criticisms in the original game because no, like, they didn't have side missions exactly <laughs> yeah besides that but mainly with the story part i was like the story <laughs> you can have that one the the overarching narrative of like what's going on there i didn't love but that's not to say i didn't enjoy my time and I did like really, really enjoy it. Um, which is why I would say this is a nine for me. I mean, I can't what? I mean, I think like as far as the horror remakes, I think it's Resident Evil two and this would probably be my top two that I've played um out there. Just to so. uh just to help people out who didn't quite hear you, Chris, I'm gonna repeat your score for people. Go Chris for gave it a <laughs> And that's probably, I mean, to be fair, that's probably what I would have given the original Dead Space if we had. If we had had a show and we would give scores. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So 2008, I was like, there's going to be a thing one day called podcast. So for me, 10. Resident. 10. 10. Resident Evil. 10. (laughs) He's going to, no, he's going to go. It's a 9.75 because I just don't feel good. What? Yeah. News. <laughs> Go ahead. Resident Evil is the greatest survival horror series of all time. Dead Space is the greatest survival horror game of all time. It's and anybody who says otherwise simply doesn't know what they're talking about. Right. This is a this is a ten out of ten. It always has been, always will be. This is the Brett the Hitman heart of survival horror nice. video games and chris knows what that means i know what that means best there is best there was about. best there ever will be yeah you ever you ever downplay that i don't know wwe slash wwf wrestlers ever again what is a wrestler <laughs> was a was a wrestler it's real to me <laughs> who won who won royal rumble i don't know yeah, I, mean, I know I pat mcafee was there <laughs> who oh i yeah. know i know i actually know that name drop yeah <laughs> Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. News! Just cut you off, man. Wow. Well, you know, generally when the guy says, okay, let's do this, that means like we're about to roll, you know. Means, means well, that. maybe, but normally the guy in charge of hitting the go button says we're going. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, besides the fact that I recently hate first Chris try. News, First try. Well, I think uh, the we, problem Chris has is nobody is that. I don't, I don't, I know. Chris strikes me as a guy who's never got his butt kicked. Oh, I have. Trust me. <laughs> John, we should go over there tonight. <laughs> I, look, he, I, he offered me on the way. I had to go out to my place of employment today. Yeah. I had to do some things. And on the way back, ladies and gentlemen, I got to go to the infamous Chipotle, which is, if you remember, if you're an old school listener, when we recorded together, we went to this Chipotle after the show a lot. Um, 
And so I did. And on the way back, Chris was playing the guitar and he was like, he gave me an invite to come listen to that lick he was rocking. That was my in and I didn't do it. I, I secretly think you. he was going to have Penny jump on me, but if, if he said lick in the sentence, I wouldn't. Well, have you also either. made threats. And I also said, we the don't doors unlocked. News! <laughs> good times. Speaking of good times. Yeah. We have everything that was announced at the Xbox Bethesda developer direct. That's a mouthful. Not Redfall though. That's just an easy word. We officially have a release date of May the 2nd for Redfall. That's good news, right? We also got an extended look at gameplay that demonstrated the look and feel of the traditional arcane level design. Uh, you know, it's going to be part of this game. So that makes us very happy. Right, boys? Right. Yeah. Uh, Minecraft Legends. This is a game John and Sean are going to play. What, Chris? Uh, it'll be arriving on April 18th. Xbox revealed a part of the game's PvP mode. See, John, PvP stands for that takes place <laughs> that takes place in the same procedurally generated worlds as the single single player campaign. That's nice. I'm excited for Minecraft Legends for real, for real. Uh, Forza Motorsport, motor, whoa, Forza Motorsport gameplay was revealed from uh, Turn Ten Studios. This game will feature 20 locations, and the game will run at 4K, and that'll be at 60 frames per second. And that will include over 100 cars. That's what's up. The game is set for sometime in 2023, and we're going to play that one for sure. A new rhythm action game was announced by Tango Gameworks called Hi-Fi Rush. That, uh, believe it or not, is going to be the game of the year. It was released on the same day as a direct, and I got to tell you right now, one of our co-workers, co-workers, co-hosts, is <laughs> thoroughly enjoying the game to the point where he's got me downloading the game, and I'm playing it. He just found that out. Mm. Uh, and lastly, Xbox shared a look at Elder Scrolls Online's newest class. This was the Arcanist or Arcanist, however you want to say it. You can also try all the previous Elder Scrolls Online chapters for free 99, ladies and gentlemen. So that's pretty cool. It was a pretty decent de de developer direct. What do you boys think? Yeah, I thought, um, you know, I don't know. If I love everything about the format, just because it can go a little bit long. And um, the the fact of the matter is, is that every, um, every developer has a different skill as far as like how well they are as a PR man. Like sure, on one spectrum, you have, you have Todd Howard, I guess you would say for Bethesda. Like sure, he can come out there and he can talk about his games and it's going to be fine. Uh, on the other hand, you get, um, other things, right. That are ones where you're like, they're, they're developers. Their job is to develop games. It's not necessarily to be Joseph Ferris or whatever. And they're very good at their jobs. And maybe that's why you have PR people or trailers to do the, uh, talking for them, you know, but still, if this is the format they're going with, it's kind of distinct compared to the other two. So it doesn't feel like it's a complete copy, even though they are doing pretty much the same thing as the other two now, right? Just announcing their own release dates instead of waiting for one big show all the time. Uh, but, you know, if they make this like something you get maybe two or three times a year, it would be a nice addition and a good way to break up the fact that, you know, a lot of times for Xbox, it's been you get something at the at E3 and then you get a little bit more at 
uh, game awards. And then it's really a lot of silence outside of Twitter posts. Right. Uh, I do want to also point out with Elder Scrolls, it is also a new expansion, which is the Necrom uh, expansion on there. So yeah, for those who are fans of that and like, you know, seems like this is the time to go back. Like if you want to try this game out, Oh, is it expansions and <laughs> you know maybe maybe you download it on steam i don't know it's 5.99 yeah. i think uh, yeah my, my friends uh chris and friend of the show mike found that it was 5.99 to download eso john on steam yeah i think john should finally play an mmo with us what do you think well you know as much as he loves elder scrolls it just makes sense to me true i mean it makes sense two things yeah john just anything me, to add just, on the, the know, stuff just let me know um you i think son of a i think xbox <laughs> wanted you to know i don't really have anything to uh, comments on the format didn't love the format but mm-hmm. it did it it was a delivery system of news and that's really all that matters so xbox wanted you to know two things one of them directly one of them indirectly number one they have games coming out and i think i think the order of it is now, as in as as when the pod, when when the episode dropped, it was today. You can play it right now, and mm. then, um, pretty much April, May, and June. I think if I think I've got that that right, they've got something coming out April, May, and June. Mm-hmm. So so Xbox wanted you to know they have games coming out, but indirectly they wanted you to understand that they would not have anything coming out but for Bethesda. Sure. Which is another example of Bethesda was given the opportunity uh, to to be able to exist basically independent from Microsoft as far as how it handles their studios. And I don't know where Microsoft would be without Bethesda. I I think it cannot be said enough that Bethesda is Microsoft's most important asset a seven even more dollar. so even more so than activision <laughs> blizzard would be sure. when they become a part of them so I, th- I just think that's important to note for the narrative that i've been spewing for the past year xbox can't manage their own studios thank god they've got bethesda who manage themselves well maybe so. it's your narrative and your 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 stuff is why you think that but there also seems to be some truth in it john they do so have, I mean, narrative may be pretty spot on. They do have Minecraft Legends, which is not Bethesda, and they have Forza coming later this year. But you know Forza right didn't now. have a release date. I yeah, true. I think, yeah, my guess is that's going to be probably August or September. Does it matter? They got Hi Fi Rush, baby. Yeah. I do think the the big thing, again, like if you're looking at the first half of this year, until you get to June, right now you have a pretty decent day one either microsoft game or just a deal they've made right like starting this month you have atomic heart coming in february you then get wolong uh from uh the the team that does ninja uh what am i thinking of here john ninja gate uh and then you get Minecraft in April, you're getting Redfall in May. That's that's a good, like, if you're someone, if their big thing is to sell, like, you need Game Pass so you can get day one stuff, they actually did, I think, tighten that up 
a good little bit as far as the main and you know they can also say hey we put a game out in january too with hi-fi rush so they have that so yeah it's like hey it's five... january yeah well yeah well not when people that don't watch us on twitch hear this it'll be for yeah but they could have gone hi-fi rush last week sean the yeah. same well, day as the next show. week they're going to get all the hi-fi rush they need oh that much oh maybe they oh. are oh yeah Where and then so um, um but yeah other things i mean their thing and their problem as far as their own studios if you think about it they kind of blew their load early with what? that <laughs> can, we say, had, can we say that yeah they had age of empires they had the halo and they had uh forza horizon right so and i guess also you could say pentiment last year if you want to go on that we don't that was last year chris we're in 2023 now just saying john are, do you think they're more confident than ever over there at xbox or what do i do i and sean <laughs> yes sir let me explain to you why because this is important okay xbox ceo phil spencer everybody's favorite ceo he's pretty cool uh remains confident that the activision blizzard acquisition will continue to move forward according to a recent statement phil quote didn't know anything about this type of acquisition quote the fact that i have more insight, more knowledge about what it means to work with the different regulatory boards. I'm more confident now than I was a year ago, simply based on the information I have and the discussion that we've been having. When we announced a year ago, we talked about an 18-month time frame. We're 12 months into that. I think we continue to stay focused on getting the deal closed. We're actively working with the regulatory boards around the world that need to approve for this. And it's been a learning experience for me. A lot of time spent, a lot of travel, a lot of conversations, but they're conversations where I get to talk about our industry and the work that we do and why we do it, end quote. I do think this is going to get done. I don't think that's a shock to anybody. Also, I would not be surprised if Phil Spencer retires after this or at least or at least goes to some sort of, I don't know, chairman kind of position over xbox game studios it would not shock me if his role with the company that has probably made him exhausted that's not a knock on him no that's a that's an that's a requisite that that's a recognition that this type of stuff is is exhausting for any ceo or whatever i wouldn't be surprised if his role changes in some capacity after this it could how old is Phil now? Good thought, Chris. Good thought. <laughs> I'm trying to see how old he is. Now. You've, you've done now made him have to squirrel to see his age to see if what you said about retirement uh, makes sense to Chris and his, if he approves it. He's 55. I mean, no, John is see? right. Like, he's not wrong. Like, <laughs> typically, the big thing is you launch a console, right? You you rescue the brand, you do those things, and then typically you you ride off to the sunset because as John said, like People just don't realize when you're in these kind of positions. Yeah, it's a twenty four seven job, right? If he's got to go talk to someone, you know, regulatory board in in Europe, then he's getting on a plane and that's where he's going. That's that's the job. Which who knows? Maybe he hands off certain things and he just goes, "I'm going to be over Xbox Game Studios." Maybe he goes to that. I don't know. Or maybe he just goes, "I've done what I want to," and I'm <laughs> he goes ready hey, to move uh, on. Reggie, hey buddy, how you doing? Yeah, you want to play some golf? Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, you got the tea time? Cool. Cool. All right. 
Now, the one thing I would say is like, if Microsoft's smart, they'd be like, no, Phil, here's more money. Here's more money. Stay for X amount of years just because they've got like the one unique thing out of the big three right now, ever since uh, Reggie retired from Nintendo, which is like, Phil just feels like he's part of the gamer crowd, right? Like, cause he's worked in the industry for so long and worked in studios and wasn't just a corporate suite, you know, Sierra suite type person from the start. It was one of those things he kind of worked up towards and we all saw it happen in real time and versus the Jim Ryan's of the world, or even like Doug Bowser, you know, I don't think Doug Bowser is like going out there and just talking to everyone, not to say he doesn't love Nintendo and Nintendo products, but, He's very distant compared to Reggie, right? I think that's fair to say. That is fair to say, Chris. <laughs> you would say he's the heart and soul uh, of Xbox. Would, yeah, you guys go right ahead. It's fine. And speaking of the heart and soul of Halo. Yep, you just ripped it out of me because I had nothing to add. Kind of like well, your I'll, heart. I'll rip it oh, out of you. Did you have something, Sean? Nope, just not anymore. Just, just, just keep going. <laughs> Many people are still questioning 343's future <laughs> with the Halo series following the mass layoffs that affect the 343 industries, among other studios at the company. Speaking Huge. to IGN, Phil Spencer <laughs> stated that 343, quote, did a really good job at delivering a great Halo game. However, he wanted to say that they, quote, didn't hit our own bar for content update timing and quality. Uh, quote, what we're doing now is we want to make sure the leadership team is set up uh, with the flexible flexibility to build the plan that they need to build. And Halo will remain critically important to what Xbox is doing. And 343 is critically important to the success of Halo. Uh, in terms of support studios and other things, that's just part of development and having our partners help us. But the heart and soul of Halo is the 343 uh, team that's there and i have the utmost confidence in the team that, that that's there in leading and the plan that they have going forward that was a good corporate line um, that says fordle yeah it does say fordle <laughs> it also says but they're here in soul don't blame the writers it's not it's the tech it's, it's the, the tech. technology <laughs> I, yeah. I love most Xbox news centers around things that Phil says or does. Do you know why 343 failed? Phil. Mm. <laughs> Phil said the ball's in your court. <laughs> no, that was the other guy. That's yeah. a funny throwback joke, though. Ha <laughs> ha! I should probably check our emails real quick. I'm actually pretty happy that... Um, that, good, that, good, John. Good. When, when, no, I, when I think of Halo, I do think of 343, and if he thinks they're important, it makes me happy. Yeah. I don't know why. I have no no dog in the fight. It's just one of those things that I think when the world is right, 343 is making a Halo game. Logistically speaking, it makes no financial sense to replace 343. I'm sorry. It no. just doesn't. It just doesn't. Logistically. No. You wouldn't do that. Um, I think more importantly, it's just, Kind of what he's saying, right? Like without really saying it is just they're about to go out to pasture for a while and discover what they think is the right way forward, right? Uh, obviously, Xbox thought it was going to be a games of service type thing leading the way after you had um, a solo release and that didn't work out for them. 
you had a great solo release and then you just did not have enough support to make that happen on the other side. So if that's not a possibility, they need to figure out what Halo is going to be in the future or else they need to come back and figure out how to make 343 into a studio that can run eight games as service type thing for them. Uh, and they shouldn't rush to make that decision, I think. They need to really either invest and get everything right and then relaunch with something, or else they need to go away and say, maybe we're just going to take this back to what classic Halo is, which is a campaign uh, followed by a, um, you know, a, a multiplayer service. A, t- a teabagging multiplayer? Yes. <laughs> well, teabagging has to be in there. Oh, nothing makes me more furious than that. Mm-hmm. I get murked and then I get teabagged. <laughs> it's the worst. It's like, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. All right. Well, oh, before, yeah. uh, before I start, if I, if I was to ask anybody listening or watching at home, what a shadow drop is, you may not know what that means, but if I switch the word up a little bit and I said stealth drop, you might start thinking in the terms we need it to be. And of course, just for clarification, that is a reference to any game or other media that is released. False. And it's basically unannounced, right? Nope. Kind of like nope. what that's Tango not, Gameworks did. That's not what it is. That's 100%. It's on the internet. It's true. It's factual. Nope. nope. That's what happens when I don't remember one coming out, but then I look down and pull it, and there it is. <laughs> that's called a shadow drop. But Tango Gameworks had a different kind of shadow drop than the one John just explained. Uh, they had an interesting journey, journey, sorry, journey to the decision, journey, (laughs) so journeys to the decision to shadow drop hi-fi rush, right? They're the studio behind the game that is taking over the world. Uh, the game immediately caught traction on social media for its style of gameplay and sudden release, right? It went from a zero to a hero. You know what I'm saying? The title went viral internally at Bethesda at first which led to Tango's decision to show to sorry to shadow drop the game. The decision came ultimately from the game's marketing team because of uncertainty about how the game would be perceived using a long form traditional marketing campaign, particularly for the reason that Tango is not traditionally known for these types of games. According to John Johannes, the director of the game, here's a quote, if you if you're going to ask someone to purchase something in a shadow drop, you probably get a lot of skepticism. But the fact that Game Pass exists allows people to basically almost what you would say is a demo theoretically. But it's not a demo. It's the full game. They can just play in and they can almost naturally talk about the game to their friends. Tell them how cool it is. That's what we're hoping for because internally we know it was something special. And boy, Chris must have been in those internal meetings because he won't shut up about this game, dude. Well, it's just, it's such a unique title, right? Like out right now from a, one of the major three, just because like the first thing that popped into everyone's mind is Jet Set Radio, Jet Set Radio. That looks like Jet Set Radio, you know, um, which is a classic on Dreamcast. And, you know, don't take it from me. I mean, right now, still a week after this thing is in the top five on Steam with a 98% user rating from people who are checking it out and that's people who have bought the game not who are buying it you know playing it through game pass uh so 
don't know. Maybe there's a point to be made that sometimes, whether it's fair or not, Xbox gets pretty heavily criticized on their games prior to release. And obviously you can't do this for everything, but maybe it's just a good idea for some of these properties that they have and using game pass, just being like, Hey, it's out today. Um, there is, and- there is something to be said about particularly with G- Tango GameWorks, mm-hmm. making, giving you six months to think about the idea of Tango GameWorks doing a game like this. Mm-hmm. It's like, are we really going to believe that this, I mean, it kind of built, I mean, there's a cognitive bias that exists with reviews, no matter who you are. I mean, you can build things up in your mind and once you get a copy to review, those biases are going to inform you. So I think doing this the way they did it was absolute brilliant marketing. Somebody should get a promotion for this. Whoever came up with this idea. Because like, I mean, Chris said, I mean, the reviews on Steam are overwhelmingly positive. A lot like that Sonic Frontiers game. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I look forward to playing this at some point when I can have time to play it. Well, just, just we keep saying Tango Game Works. Let me just remind people because I know some people listen and don't know the ins and outs like we do. Tango Game Works made some of John's favorite games. I think John liked these games. I could be misspeaking, but Evil Within 1 and 2 and Ghostwire Tokyo. And mm. then you got a game like this out of nowhere that doesn't really fit that mold. I love it. I think it's great. And Chris, Chris kept telling me things. I started looking it up and boy, we're going to play this game. So no pressure, Chris, on whether or not I actually like this game based on your recommendation. Good deal. I'm glad. I I can't wait to get back to it. Chris, will this yeah. be your first Tango GameWorks game? Yeah, yeah, it will. Um, so you know, thanks, Phil. Is why I, I guess I could say there. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. I'll say no pressure again to John. All right, let's talk about <laughs> the no pressure from Neil Druckmann. <laughs> Neil Druckmann has recently stated that the studio has officially moved on from Uncharted and is now focusing on the next chapter of The Last of Us through the avenue of the new multiplayer game. In a recent interview, Druckmann explained that Sony is not in the business of forcing a sequel on a studio just because a game was successful. Quote, that's not the case. For us, Uncharted was insanely successful. Uncharted 4 was one of our best-selling games, and we were able to put our final brushstrokes on that story and say that we're done. We're moving on, end quote. So weird. Can't wait to see what new studio from Sony is taking up uh, the Uncharted <laughs> series. Right, like, that's that's my first reaction, exactly what Chris said. It's just so weird. Like, I don't know why you would just, I don't know, in a, in, a, in, a, in a world where they will just wring out a sponge, right, give you a visual on making every penny they can for a game or an IP, that they're like, no, we're good. Mm-hmm. We're good. Crazy, they yeah. I mean, they Sony's smart. They know that the last thing you do is you force a Neil Druckmann to keep making something that he feels like he's done with, just because. Yeah, that's the reason Neil Druckmann leaves Naughty Dog and makes his own studio. I mean, John can feel that way about, it, but that's just the truth. Like, just like you know, Bethesda, Pete Hines is not going to go down to Todd Howard and say. You can't make Starfield. You have to make Elder Scrolls. You have to make Fallout. He doesn't no, care. It's, it's Todd will not, pick it's, up his it, jacket. It's not that. Neil Druckmann is not going to leave and make another and go to another studio. He's doing a television show. 
Sure. Which is what he has always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to say that, ladies and gentlemen. Neil Druckmann has always wanted to exist in the Hollywood sphere. And some people are like that. That's fine. Video games was a stepping point to get to where he wanted to be. He's now where he wants to be. He doesn't care whether he's ahead of Naughty Dog for the foreseeable future. He's where he wants to be. And the proof is in the pudding. Last, like episode, pudding. last episode got a 10 from IGN mm-hmm. and across the board. So you could see that he has a knack for this. True. I mean, the type of games that he's made are story-driven over gameplay. I mean, we know this. I mean, this is what he this is what he wants to do. And I say go do it. Good for you, man. Y'all thought I was gonna cut him down, didn't you? You kind of did. Kind kind did. How? First of all, I don't like the way you said how. Come over here then. Second off. I don't know. Like, it sounds <laughs> like he was trying to put off. the I mean, to me, Sean, it sounded like he was putting the death nail on Neil Druckmann's development career, right? You would think so, but... It's not a death nail. His choice is to move on. Sounds like a death nail. Unlike we're trying... Exactly. (laughs) E3 is returning to a physical format this year with anticipation running very high. However, if reports slash rumors are to be believed, three of its historically most important participants will not be returning. Indeed, reports state that Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox will not have a presentation or physical presence at the event. The news follows the announcement from Phil Spencer that the company will be returning to Los Angeles for its annual summer showcase, but stopped short of confirming that it would be in conjunction of E3. I feel like this isn't like, even regardless of the fact that this is E3 trying to come back, right? This didn't shock me, and I don't mean that as a dig at them. It's like, you think a PlayStation and Nintendo had checked out before COVID. Microsoft was the only one, and even then, they were kind of waning, like where they weren't, they would do the the presser at their own theater, you know, in Los Angeles, and then they would have, one little section on the E3 floor for Xbox, but then they would still have their own Xbox experience that was linked to the theater where they were doing, um, you know, their press conference. Right. So it's like, they weren't really that committed. And I don't see in today's world why they would go back to them. Um, you know, and that sucks for E3. That's why I think like last year when we were talking about, they were coming back. I was like, they're going to have a lot of hardships and trying to figure out what, is the way to make this show viable in a physical space. Unless they're getting like Ubisoft and EA to come in and EA has been gone for a while now too. Right. With their own thing, EA play. I liked them when they all played together. I don't know to what extent, I don't know to what extent I believe this. Um, It's hard. I mean, Nintendo, Nintendo has shown up for these. And I think that I think that I don't think they have any incentive not to. And Xbox is on the board of ESO, which mm-hmm. is strange. If they completely neglect them, why are you on the board? If you're not going to participate in any form at E3, please leave the board. And that's not to say I don't know if maybe Sony is too, maybe Nintendo is too. But if you guys are on the board of this thing, and the board is designed to make sure and ensure the success of E3 and you're not participating in E3, 
that's kind of a D move in my opinion. So that's why I'm a little skeptical, skeptical. You're skeptical. A little skeptical <laughs> of the idea that that none of them are going to show up, particularly since E3 has always has always been a pretty good sport when it comes to E3, and Nintendo has always had a presence at E3. We'll They're see gonna, what happens. Maybe it's true, but I don't well, know. You got to remember, E3 it was like feel right. E3 was like we're out, so maybe it made them mad, and they don't want to come back so fast. But, not, right. Like I said, but no. <laughs> Sony and, and Nintendo, though, they haven't had presence. Like, none of those two have had well, anything on the shore show no, floor for years. On, no. Like, Are you, no, 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 no. That's not true. Nintendo Challenge. definitely did. They just didn't have Challenge. a live show. They had a E3 Nintendo Direct, but then Correct. they had stuff that you could play. Mm-hmm. They, they on had the a show presence floor. on the show floor. Yeah, they, I mean, it, sometimes it would focus on simply Breath of the Wild. But it, but was, it was there. there. I mean, Ooh, we just kissed. It was. <laughs> did we just kiss? Because we said the same thing at the same time. Yes. Let's try it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Pokemon was a show floor thing. I mean, Nintendo shows up with probably one thing. Oh, Smash was was one for for many years. Mm-hmm. Treehouse is always there, and then Treehouse Live is there. Treehouse Live is lit. Floor. I miss it so much. Yeah, that was the show that Reggie got me to. Uh, Got me to buy my super hype Zelda sword <laughs> with my super hype Zelda game. <laughs> they should call the next Zelda that super hype Zelda game. <laughs> I would buy it. I'll tell you that much. Well, you would buy it anyway. True. By the way, I got to say, I like your Mario Kart shirt. Is that new? Oh, thank you. It's not new. I don't know if I've worn I've it. I've never seen it before, but it looks so popping on this, don't it? It does. Can I borrow it? I tell you one thing. I'll tell you off air. Ooh. This could be in your future. Don't just like PlayStation give, VR is gonna be. Don't give me hope. What's up? I'm gonna get don't you. Give me hope. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna call this slashing production, right? Because when we started the day off, I got text messages and oh, uh, it was. Sean, it was, can I interrupt you? I yeah, think Chris buddy. is. I think Chris is fact checking us right now. Look That's how, fine. He can come back. The news. <laughs> I'm not holding you. The show said for challenge. Look how focused he is right now. We we vividly remember Nintendo having a presence on the floor by not having a presence on the stage. <laughs> no, I'll, Chris I'll, goes. I will own it. They did not. Phys- they weren't physically there in the sense of like they did their direct and treehouse stuff, right? Which has been their thing. But do you, they do you remember at least Sean were at some point there. But Sony, Sony has never said Sony. We never said Sony. Sony has been gone since 2019. After that disastrous Last of Us. uh, It was amazing. (laughs) Neil Druckmann produced that one. (laughs) Sounds like something he would produce. (laughs) And Sean Layden. (laughs) Sean Layden. I love Sean Layden. I miss him. I like his collars. They really, they really were up by his ears. They were popping. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So we're going to call this slashing production. Like I was saying, I woke up with a text and I was like, oh no, this, some people say this is writing on the wall. I think it's all just a bunch of hoobla blue. Okay, here we go. The report that originally came out from Bloomberg said this. Sony, Bloomberg, (laughs) Sony's going to cut PSVR 2s in half. There's only going to do 1 million, blah, blah, blah. Okay, Sony is coming out and said it's not true. Let's read it. Sony has denied reports that production is being cut in half. A Bloomberg report cites multiple unnamed sources familiar with the circumstances. 
According to those unnamed familiar sources, Sony was forecasting that it would ship 1 million units during the current financial quarter. The company, if you remember, originally planned to ship 2 million units in hopes that Horizon would stir up demand. However, in a recent statement from Sony, they have, quote, not cut PlayStation VR 2 production numbers and that they are, quote, seeing enthusiasm from PlayStation fans for the upcoming launch, which includes more than 30 titles such as Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Call of the Mountain, and Resident Evil Village. So they, all I know is I got a pre-order, right? Mm-hmm. All I know is, yes, if this thing comes dead out of the water, we're in trouble, boys. VR yep. land is in trouble. It's This is good PR spin because it's like the rumor side of it is, yeah, that they cut production, right? But the other side of it is true, which they did not comment on, which is that they slash their projections of what they think they're going to sell through uh, the end of next year, right? That's what took the big drop as far as the physical or stuff. So like it's smart on their part. So they're definitely, they could say whatever they want. I, I think we all agree that like, you know, Sean and I were talking about this uh, off the show earlier today. It's like, it's really hard right now to convince someone that's finally getting that PS five for $500 to then turn around and spend 550 before they even get a game right on, on this perif, which is just, that's the hardship they're in. And obviously the, the bad part for Sony is they don't have the ability at this point to delay this to a point when there are more PS fives in the wild and people have had that time to absorb the initial blow of buying a new console, right? They need this thing out there because it's been development for so long and it's, it was originally planned to come out this point, right? So they need to ship it and they just kind of have to hope that it does enough where they can see a way forward. And I'm hoping that when people get their hands on it, right? So yeah, the the biggest pill to swallow, and and look, I'm an owner of two PS5s at this point. One, you, it has an it has an infamous story. We, if you listen to this show, you know about. But I got another one. I was able to find it right, and the people that did find it, and they are fans of VR, they want to have that top of the line Sony, you know, focus PlayStation VR type headset situation, and and they want AAA games to come out. They don't want demos anymore. It's time for the you know, the, the tires hit the road on that and, and really make it worthwhile. It is exciting to uh, have 30 titles at launch or in that launch window in uh, a game like Gran Turismo 7 that you're getting a free upgrade to be able to play it on PSVR 2 from PSVR. That's kind of a big deal because one of the big takeaways was, hey, all of those PSVR games, you can't play them because of the technology. It needed a camera to track you. Well, the PSVR 2 has high, like really new cool tech in it where it doesn't need cameras to track you, right? Uh, so that'll, that'll be a hurdle. But if they can get some of those games over, I, I truly do believe if people get their hands on this, you got to understand somebody like myself and, and anybody else who's a VR enthusiast, you were waiting to see what people, like the reviewers, once they got their hands on it, what it was like. And it's all been largely positive. For sure. You know, one one of the biggest things you hear or that, that naysayers want to say after you get past price, well, it's still got a wire on it. 
the the Meta Quest Two doesn't need a wire. Well, <laughs> guess who's an owner of a Meta 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 Quest Two? And guess what happens when a you wire. don't have a wire? The battery <laughs> dies quick. If you don't get an external battery pack or a, a different strap on your on your MetaQuest, two hours and then you're done. You know what the solution so, is? A wire. A wire. <laughs> Chris, you watched me play recently, and I'm hooking to my PC with a wire, and I'm playing my MetaQuest too. I never so, thought I'd I, live the day where I'd see Sean become a wired VR headset player. <laughs> exactly. I don't mean to be so wired up about it right now, but let's get over it. The main thing is getting it in people's hands. If you're a PlayStation fan and you like PSVR, you're going to find a way to get the PSVR too. If you need a little time, that makes sense. I do think they're going to miss the boat on the people who didn't get a chance to get a PS5. They finally get one because it's you know available now, and then it, it coincides with the launch of this. Eh, you might not get them. I don't know. I'm excited to play Call of the Mountain, and I'm going to be, I told Chris today, John, I will be the knight, right? The guy for PSVR PSVR 2 if it's good. PSVR? PSVR. (laughs) As long as it's good, I'm going to be telling everybody about it, how you should get it, and blah, blah, blah. So, Man, if they make a PSVR game where I can just play virtual guitar. They've got got them out there, by the way. (laughs) The air guitar games. They really do. It's amazing. But we'll have to see. We're about a, what? About a month away from when it's going to get into regular Joe's hands, you know? Um, so we'll see. Uh, it, it, you can only get it from PlayStation Direct currently, and they have a window that you'll get it between the 22nd and 28th, I think. So, mm. But there is something else we're going to be getting that I'm super excited about. More Laura Croft, John. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're getting a TV series, Sean. I'm excited. This isn't overkill at all. All right. So Laura Croft is on its way to television with development <laughs> at Amazon with Fleabag writer, <laughs> Fleabag writer Phoebe Waller-Bridge attached to pen the scripts and executive produce. The report goes on to claim that Amazon has plans to also make another movie and at least, or as I write here, at least... One additional yes. video game with the hope of an MCU-like connected universe. You know, nah. there's a know. rumor today also that Amazon's buying the IP outright for $600 million. Isn't that crazy? I would, I would, feel, I would feel more comfortable with that than Embracer. You, it. Well, yes, I agree too. But I also played I New World. Too. <laughs> I play, I played New World. And... uh well, I don't think it's them who's making the game. It's their, I know, but Amazon yeah. Games lights up on that game when you start it. It's crazy. That's true. Um, I just I want them to if they buy it. I I love this too. I love Tomb Raider so much. Mm-hmm. I I do gotta say, they must really believe in this because Phoebe Waller Bridge uh, and Fleabag <laughs> that that is an award winning show for Amazon. Like that was you know like that Mrs. Maisel were like their two big comedies thing that they got tons of awards for. Never the fact saw Fleabag, saw a bunch of stuff about the amazing Mrs. Whatever. Yeah. And like to pull her off to do this, one, she must want to. And two, uh, what's the name of the female villain uh, in Tomb Raider? <sighs> She's like her main nemesis. I cannot remember it right now. I could totally see 
her actually casting herself in that role because she's a pretty decent actress as well. Um, so that that would be good for the show. For the show, about- Natla. Oh no, not not yeah. That's the old school Tomb Raider. Never mind. Whoa. <laughs> That is, I remember her. I spat it off her name. Mm-hmm. Dude, just, there's so many. There's so many listed. Laura Cross. Laura Croft has all the enemies. Hmm. All Amanda Everett. Evert. I'm just saying names at this point, and you're going no. That's not it. Yeah, I, I can't remember. It's been forever. But it's she's not. Her. She's not the main villain of the of the new ones. Um, but you know. Like whenever they did the movies, they kind of low key were introducing her. <sighs> I can't remember. I don't know. I do know this though, Sean. Uh oh. Uh oh, ladies and gentlemen. Fried. What? What's did going the on? Boat here? just tug a horn. What was that? Two two. Two. <laughs> Why am I not hearing this? Two two. It's definitely happening, Chris. Two, two, (laughs) finally this week. Two, 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 two. Oh, man. Hopefully you can go, hopefully you can make your car go two, two in the crew motorsport or motor fest because Ubisoft has announced the crew motor fest and it's arriving this year, guys. So that is an wow. Ubisoft game supposedly wow. coming out in twenty twenty three. Uh the makes game, happy. Yeah. The game is developed by series custodians Ivory Tower. The game is described as a one of a kind festival. Tell me if this sounds familiar to anyone. Uh of all things fast and is set on the island of Oahu, Hawaii. This game is a return to the saying of two thousand six highly influential test drive unlimited. According to the game's director, uh, Stephanie Belay, quote, it is true that it was very innovative at the time and the recreation of Hawaii at that time was really remarkable for everyone. The game is set to release this year on pretty much everything that's not Switch. Uh, <laughs> Dang. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, I looked, I read all of them. I said, I don't want to read all that. I'm just going to say what's well, not on. Um Man, I saw the trailer. I don't know if you got to like me and Mike. You know, after he has a little blow up for three, this is like you could tell. Someone said, "Well, that Forza Horizon thing seems to be doing pretty good. <laughs> we legit. should just make yeah. it that because <laughs> yeah. it looks just like it." Uh, no real mention that you know. Of course, crew crew one and two were MMOs uh, for car games, right? And there's no strong inclination that that's what this is like. So this seems to be. A complete new rebrand and again just maybe trying to shift towards something that's light beat and fun uh and celebrates cars right and go hey if it can work for forza why can't it work for us we think we're pretty good at these car games too so hopefully it turns out to be pretty good it's pretty good hopefully you thought uh I know somebody who's probably really excited that the crew motor fest is coming out but hopefully uh if you're listening <laughs> You had a good time with the news, um, news, and uh, hey, look, we don't do this a lot after news after we hit finally. But shout out to the news team, huh? Let's show them some love. 
I will let them know, guys. They're going to be so <laughs> excited. Nice. Very nice. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. I just decided oh, to no. end it. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, if you, if, if you need to. Yeah, I mean, it can keep playing. It's fine. Well, if that's the case, do you want to wrap this up? Never, but you did that last week, too! John? Just to be safe. Electronic mail from the future. All the way from the John, ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show that we pivot and we call it emails, you know, as a sim- simple title, but it's more than that. It's it's all of the stuff you write in and talk to us about. This is your time to shine. And if you want to write an email to us, you definitely can do so to us. And that's weeklygameschat at gmail.com. And we've got a couple this week we're going to read. So let's get to it, boys. Uh, I want. I don't want your life. life. I'll I'll go with Alejandro (laughs) this week. Gentlemen. I don't know what to tell you. This never happens to me. Ever. Hey, man, it just it happens to every guy, okay? Not so. sure why, but tonight I just couldn't come up with a question. Oh, no. He said this last Wednesday. He had. You could have waited, Alejandro. It wasn't a pressure cooker situation. We record on <laughs> Tuesdays. It's in a pressure cooker situation. He said it the day of the podcast. Right? I'm out. I don't got anything. I don't know what to do. He says, though, it's not you guys. It's me. There's been a lot going on at work. I know you're disappointed, but maybe if I get some sleep, we can try again later. I'll wear my Starfield cosplay outfit (laughs) to put us back in the mood. Softly yours, Alejandro. This was sent from his eight-inch floppy drive. Oh, I I think that's a metaphor for something. I feel gross. (laughs) That was funny. I got a random text from friend from the show, Jeff Sanders, one morning going, hey, man, do you have a spare eight inch floppy drive or disc that I could borrow. And I was like, maybe, maybe in 19, I don't know, 98. Was he doing it because of the the email stuff or was he really asking? I I have no idea. My only thought was maybe uh, his son had a project and maybe, you know, they were going to put out on some sort of tri board or whatever. Makes sense. Yeah. Did we we do have another one that just popped in, so I might get excited and read one. But John, do you want to get the next one? Oh. Yeah, that'll that'll work. That'll work. Um this one come from Johnny. Nice. Oh man. I have this is a good one. This is Jeez. good, John. Make sure you read this properly and you're not drunk, okay? Oh my God. <laughs> you can zoom I, in, John. Can I? How? Yeah. You go uh what you what are you watching it on? Uh, Google. Hold down your control key and then with yeah. your scroll wheel that's too press much forward. john the three oh, dots good. in the no, top no, no, no. right no it worked it, uh, it worked it worked zoom. it's fine you can put it on like 150 bro it's fine <laughs> i did it i did it what up guys what up? what up 
new favorite podcast. Nice. I heard you. I heard you guys last week give me shout out to uh, give a shout out to me. Thanks, thanks you guys for being the best with the game chat, Mofo. <laughs> <laughs> read it, John. Mofo, this is a, okay. I can't read run-on sentences. You have to read run-on sentences. This is why you have to read this one <laughs> <laughs> for being the best with the game chat, Mofos of the land, Chris nine eighty GTX. Sean dropping beats harder than Soundwave and John PTO King. If I was in charge of Sony, I would definitely reboot Parasite Eve and Legend of Ligaya and Legend of Dragoon, then also make a second Days Gone without day one bugs. Oh, yeah. And of course, battery life controllers. Right, Chris? I did hear rumor Turtle Beach was making a PlayStation controller. Hopefully, they'll make it right and give you all the power of the future. And if I was Xbox president, definitely be using the those studios acquired a lot better fallout definitely need one of those and if that call of duty franchise goes through they definitely need to make a rp style first person shooter zombie <laughs> game with a full story and if i was nintendo president would definitely make a chrono trigger revamp or remake stick with the original story make it a little bit longer expanded it and connect it to the other universe of chrono cross with a multi-game saga and also i'd love to see a mutant league game come out like the old cartoon and then a nintendo nes classic hopefully made Hopefully we'll get a better powerful switch with a Thanos glove. JK, get perfect dark game going. Make a remake of GoldenEye. Best graphics, same style gameplay, but I digress. You guys are now my standard family. I've been, I'm listening since I went back to work after COVID like Magic Cast. My Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange, you have a friend in me. So y'all guys, game on and keep speaking that magic. Catch you on the flip side. Meow, meow. Sent from my Captain Caveman Power Club from the past John PS, DJ Overlord, Sean Mega remix song. All the classic new video game music and throw it out there. Throw it out here. I'll buy it. And remember, guys, eat it every day. <laughs> Much love from Johnimus Prime. And kudos to Sean for saying my name right. May all the Allspark protect you. Game the F on. <laughs> greatest email and greatest email read the, of the, all the, time. The, the the title that, of this hey, was real tell, tr- tell Tron the, one to Brobots. <laughs> the the reason John read it like a rapper was because it had one period, <laughs> yes, and My one comma God. in that entire uh, email. But that was perfect, man. Thank you, Johnny, so much. I, I feel That's three um, beers. Three beers made me do that. Hey, uh, as Punkhead said, you heard it here first. Send your emails oh. for John to read with no punctuation. So that's a new trend. I'm oh glad. no, John, you should not have disclosed that. Oh, that's funny. Wow, uh, that's amazing. I, I will that point might, out that be in, my one that might be one of the greatest things that ever happened on this podcast. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Uh, I will point out he says he wants a perfect dark game. Well, first off, perfect dark is owned by Microsoft now, and fun fact, they are making apparently. And supposedly we saw a trailer once. Remember this, John? A uh, a new uh, perfect dark game. So maybe that will happen for you. Maybe. Catch you, catch you on the flip side. Meow, meow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Everything's great. Meow, oh, meow. Um, so we we got. That just one. means that just means he likes stray. That's what that meant. It might. It, it probably does mean that. I think because you didn't like stray. It wasn't on your top seven. Um, the next email we got is from Tucker. There is a meme attached as the title. Uh, so I looked the meme up. The meme is the metaverse of Mark Zuckerberg. When it comes real, it is a, what, what, uh, that's a, that's a cartoon dog. Oh, it's the, uh, everything is fine dog. 
Yeah, everything is fine. Or, this dog. is fine. And it's this is fine. It's fine. This is fine. Um it's that dog and it's got a it's got a Oculus on and it's just a mess. So that's good stuff. Uh but the email starts off and it says, Hey guys. What, what up? up? Uh after John said that his dog sent him an email last week, I'm starting to feel like Loki after he gets pruned when he meets all <laughs> of his other variants. Especially when he meets his alligator variant. Spoilers. The best one. There, there's me. Then there's Tucker from 384. And now John's dog. <laughs> Makes me wonder how many other Tuckers are out there in the WGC community. If you guys somehow learn that there's a female Tucker who happens to be in high school, let me know. Love John's theory about Tears of the Kingdom, by the way. Or Tears or of tears, the Kingdom. Yeah. Hmm. While I'm on the topic of Disney Plus. Wait, what? I'm also excited for Loki season two, Ahsoka, and of course, Mando season three. Of course. Mm. I'm watching season two of Bad Batch right now, and I have mixed feelings about it. The story is amazing, but the writing needs improvement. Oppenheimer is uh, also some, uh, is all, Oppenheimer is also of some interest to me. Sorry, I, I stumbled on that. Who doesn't love a good nuke? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spider-Verse is going to be insane. So stoked for this year all around. Nice. I did some research and it turns out that both Jedi survivor and suicide squad are only going to come out on Xbox series X and S and PS five. So my mere Xbox one won't have it. I'm just going to have to hope and pray. Star Wars eclipse will come out on Xbox one. If it does, then my top three most anticipated games are going to be wild hearts, Minecraft legends and star Wars eclipse. Microsoft needs to figure out how they can add these games to their consoles so they can get attention for um, for more consumers. You don't have to sell them digitally or sell physical copies. Just put them on Game Pass, right? One of them is. <laughs> I'm sad to hear that the metaverse is seriously struggling. The only thing that it, the only thing that does make me happy, however, is that the metaverse includes the battle royale that must not be named. It's not a pot shot. Just my honest opinion. That specific game simply ruins every franchise it touches, whether it's in the gaming or cinematic universe. However, I do understand why they do this, and I respect the opinions of those who disagree with me. Nice. Uh, I think he's talking about Fortnite. Pretty sure. Just saying. I named it. I say Voldemort. I don't care. Back to the metaverse. I really enjoyed hearing that we might live there one one of these days where the possibilities are simply endless. Me too. Uh, This got me thinking about a question for you guys. Here we go, boys. Here we go. Drunk John, Chris, you ready? Okay. You have a chance to earn $10 million, but you have to live the metaverse sword online style. You pick one game for you to spend one year in and you stay in that game for the entire year. Only rules are you can't pause the game or take off your headset. And the game has to have some kind of logical threat. No beat. Oh no, no beat saber or DJ hero, Sean. Damn it. The battery life is also indefinite. If you die in game, pause, or take off the headset, you die in real life. What game would you guys pick to survive for in the next year? Thanks so much for an amazing show, and I'll see you guys next time. Stay flashy, guys, and game on. This is from Tucker, a.k.a. Endless Slayer 173 and this was sent from the Citadel at the end of time. Oh. Oh. Um, nice. I would. What game uh, would we live in 
I would live in NBA 2K23, and the logical <laughs> threat would be LeBron James. There you go. Thank you. Found a way through it. So you went sports game. Yeah. Loophole alert. John, I dare you to say Dead Space. Living it for a year. No. No. Resident <laughs> Evil Village on the off chance that I might grow on Lady Dimitrescu. Ooh. Huh. John would call her mommy. <laughs> Where would I live? You would I think live, I, you would live in Resident Evil 7 at the no, Baker house. <laughs> no, would not. I tell you one place I'm not going to be. I th- even though there is a lot going on, I really think I the game it, either one, Moss Book 1 or Moss Book 2. It's so it's so cute. And there's uh, like it, little mouse and fantasies. The real, the real answer is Skyward Sword. The real answer is Super Mario Odyssey. But you could get jacked up in that. So I could, mean, but Chris. I feel like I oh I got a big snake that was chasing me around in one of mine. Yeah, he did. Wait, I bet what? you did. Wait, Wait what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to look. The only thing I would do if I was uh, in Mario Odyssey is go up to those big Easter egg eggs and make them put their shades on so they go shades, and that's all I would do. And go to New Donk City probably. Uh oh, I got two from Christian here to wrap this up, guys. Do it. First one. Long live the CCP. <laughs> Just wanted to say hold how up. Hold, hold up. Hold, in chat, <laughs> I gotta point out that our friend Mike <laughs> said he would live in a game that would advertise on the hub. That's funny. I'm just saying that, and we can move on now. Uh, long live the CCP. So happy. (laughs) Long live the CCP. Just wanted to say how excited I am to hear Chris's bath bomb ratings of nine and ten twat score. Uh, that was sent from an iPhone. Uh, and I believe that is in reference. We kind of talked about it off off air, but for the listeners, if you are in the Discord, make sure you go to the general chat and see our relaunch, which will start next week for weekly girls chat. Uh, and you can find out why John loves the CCP now, and I love bath, bath bombs. And you'll also see the follow-up email that continues to reference yeah. weekly girls chat. Yeah. Um, here we go. On the other thing, uh, Christian also decided to add, forgot to say that I am forever and will be, uh, will be the best test head boy this side of the cosmos. Game on, you beautiful girlies, you. Sent from my vibrator's back corner of, of the nightstand drawer. Okay. Yeah, that's that's definitely that's far where that there. stays. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but uh, again, another reference there, and uh, that of course is from Nacho, our our supposed head boy. But I think Acid would take issue. I, well, I could be wrong. I, I'll say that when I'm when I move over to Twitter, you'll see that in one thing, Acid was the only one that kind of replied to something I did. But we'll get into that in a minute. You want to be head uh, head boy? You can just ban Mike in the chat, and then I'll give you that title. But in, what? What? Uh, what did Mike that. do? He brought up Harley Tucker from freaking Pure Country. Well, Harley talking- Tucker's amazing in Pure Country, and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that reference. I will not have. I will not have George Strait on this show, sir. Go on, get your (laughs) out of here. Listen, I I legitimately have a family member 
whose name is Harley, that was legitimately named after Har- Harley Tucker. Nacho just timed out Mike for 10 seconds. Oh, my God. He's going to be <laughs> furious. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, my well, God. Sorry. Uh, well, it's probably fine. Uh, we're going to pivot over to uh, Twitter. If you want to follow <laughs> us, of course, we're over there at Weekly Games Chat. This week, I, I retweeted. Um, this was from. Uh, I don't know where it was from. Okay. It was from very evil Ash. Um, and it's, it's a picture and I'm going to say this to you guys. Okay. You got to be ready for this answer. It's a picture of the Sega dreamcast and a controller. And it says first game you think of go for Sega dreamcast. Just that. Yeah, Chris. One. Huh? Just that. Didn't radio. have one. You didn't have a dreamcast. <laughs> Oh no. Jet Set Radio. Jet Set Radio is not a bad one. So I retweeted it and I said, for me, that was Sean, Crazy Taxi. That's a great one, too. I played that. That was my first Dreamcast game. I ended up getting into a tennis game, but that was the second game I thought about. Um, but I will say that we had two replies to that, and I'm gonna say two because Acid's one of them. Uh at Tony, Tony's right says for me, Tony, Power Stone. I don't know what Power Stone was. I haven't looked that up yet. I was going to ask if any of you, well, John clearly doesn't know. Did you know the game Power Stone on the Dreamcast? Mm-mm. Well, Acid Sugar chimed into both of those and said, came here to say this Fantasy Star Online. That was a good one on Dreamcast. I remember Still that popular being the jam for sure. Uh, let's see here. All right, we're going to go straight to, do we have any messages? No, I don't think we did. What's today's date? Nope, we are good. Let's go to see if we have any new followers. I think we might. I could be. Oh, my goodness, we got followers, boys. Uh, Shout out to uh, and welcome to at Sega Hoarder. Uh, Thank you for the follow, following you back. At Tabletop Cove, thank you for the follow, following you back. And at Jay Brya, thank you so much for the follow, following you back. And that's our Twitter uh, wrap-up, of course, if you want to follow us at Weekly Games Chat. Over to Discord. Uh, our Weekly Games Chat community has a section called Emails. I need to see what date it be. Okay, we are good. What is this? Oh, no, that's a virus. <laughs> uh, well, I just downloaded it. So here's a... Uh, <laughs> Punkhead sent us a letter from Todd Howard to Weekly Games Chat about how we are the best gaming podcast. Are you guys ready for this? It says, Dear Weekly Games Chat, I hope this letter finds you well. I just wanted to take a moment to express my appreciation for the fantastic job you do in bringing the latest and greatest in the gaming world to your listeners. As a longtime fan and avid listener of your podcast, I can say without a doubt that you are the best gaming podcast out there. Your dedication to providing in-depth analysis, insightful commentary, and a wealth of knowledge about the latest and greatest games is truly unmatched. Whether it's discussing the latest trends in the industry or providing a deep dive, we all like a deep dive, into the latest releases, you always bring a level of expertise and passion to your discussions that is truly unparalleled. Additionally, your ability to bring people together, to bring it together a diverse range of voices and perspectives from the gaming community makes your podcast a truly unique and valuable resource for gamers everywhere. Your interviews with some of the biggest names in the industry are always a highlight of each episode, and your thoughtful discussions of the cultural impact of gaming never fail to enlighten and entertain. In short, I cannot express 
enough how much I appreciate the work that you do in bringing the world of gaming to life each week. Your dedication to the craft and your unwavering commitment to providing the best gaming content is truly inspiring, and I'm honored to be a part of your community. Thanks for all that you do and keep up the great work. Sincerely, Todd Howard. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> Todd rules. Uh, Yuri replied and said, spot on, especially about the interviews. Um, today, old man Draven chimed in and said, per last week's news, news, I think the top tier for PS definitely isn't worth it for what you get. If you remember, that's we talked about the different levels of PlayStation uh, Plus. Uh, I think if they added day one exclusives, more people would be willing to move up from the middle tier. If they truly believe that they have the superior system and games, they need to go ahead and go head to head with Microsoft and let the chips fall where they may. If it doesn't work out, they could just scrap the top tier and roll with the two bottom. I agree. Top tier. Top tier. I think, I think they should. Uh, I think they could at least um, do a 25 to 50% off of exclusives. I think that would go a long way for them. Nothing? No? Cool. <laughs> I was drinking uh, a soda pop until he was going to tell you. In- <clears throat> My favorite fighter on Punch-Out is Soda Pop and Ski. Is it really your favorite? Oh, yeah. He's awesome. Mine's Little Mac. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. Oh, oh Sam. <laughs> oh, Sam. <laughs> And finally, we got something today from um, Heg himself in chat is just chiming in saying glass jaw, Joe. And, and uh, Mike says his was angry hippo. <laughs> of course, you're Man. going to Mordor and I'm going with you. <laughs> hey, guys, I need to know. Can I it's pass? King, it's King Hippo. King Hippo. Right? I know. He, he corrected it. Also, but can I pass, though? So no one's going to tell me I can't pass. Pass. You shall not pass, Chris. <sighs> None of you have zoomed in today. That's weird. You <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> we do have an email from uh, Hag himself. Good to hear from Hag. Hey, everyone. Uh, just wanted to say thank you for all the thoughts and prayers for my mother-in-law's kidney transplant in Argentina. We are home, and everyone is doing well. Special shout out to at Huck MS. That's Huck for checking in. Thanks to everyone and game on. That is some great news. That is amazing news. Loves it very much. And of course, uh, that was brought to you by Hague, who who updated us on the fam. And there's some, our thoughts and prayers work, ladies and gentlemen. It did it. So, ladies and gentlemen. Chris is falling asleep. That means this has been episode 389. We talked about Dead Space and they loved it. You should play it. It's a reminder, wherever you downloaded this podcast, please leave us a review so other folks like yourself can find us and join the community and all that fun stuff, right? Shout out to everybody who watched us on twitch.tv. That's under Weekly Game Chat. We definitely love and appreciate you. If you want to send an email, you can do so. Weekly Games Chat at gmail.com we're on twitter at weekly games chat and of course we just talked about discord and the amazing community we have there speaking of amazing i have two amazing co-hosts i love them to death this is where i turn to john and chris and i say game on boys 
Game on, John. Game on, Sean. Game on, Sean. Game <laughs> on, Chris. John Zoom rules. Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Thug life.